What is up, guys? And thank you so much for checking out this edition of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I'm really excited to do this show because with the uh, NBA season launching next week, this is going to be our NBA season preview. So obviously every year before the before the season starts, we want to try to give you guys a nice, you know, full rundown of NBA stuff and, and predictions and um, previews and hot takes and all the good stuff before the NBA season kicks off, which indeed it does uh, next week. So excited to talk about that. You're going to be talking about who's coming out of the West, who's coming out of the East, MVP, Rookie of the Year, and some surprise topics as well that we'll have in there. So should be a really good show. You know, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, Kendall and I are hoop heads, and this is going to be a very hoop-centric show. Um, Kendall uh, joins me, as always. Now, uh, while this will be 90%, 95% NBA stuff, you do have a Kendall's core at the end of this podcast, and we'll uh, delve into what we are seeing in college football as that season winds down. Yeah, college football. Uh, we have the SEC, ACC, Big 12, all the conference championship games. Uh, the Pac-12, we don't really care about, so we're not going to include them in the conversation. But, uh, but no, we've had the latest. They don't have a game. They don't have a, they don't have a. They don't have a championship game, right? Didn't they get canceled? Washington. Well, they do, but Washington can't play, so they just put Oregon in. Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, Jesus. Okay. Which is a little, you know, I'll get into that real quick. You know, it's a little ridiculous that I get that Oregon was the second best team in the Pac-12 North, but how Colorado, who was obviously the second best team in the conference, didn't just get put in. Clearly, I think if the roles were reversed and Colorado was the team that deserved the spot, but Oregon was the better team, they'd be putting in Oregon. But this is a uh, this is a TV business. I'm sure Fox <laughs> told them we want the we want the Oregon USC game. We don't need Oregon. We don't need USC Colorado. So uh, it's a shame. I mean, look, Colorado didn't take care of their business last week against Utah. Um, but Carl Durrell done an excellent job with that program. Uh, a better job than Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker ever done. So he deserves credit, um, even if the Pac-12 doesn't want to give it to him. So shout out to uh, Colorado. But yeah, I'm gonna get into a little, probably a little bit of a rant preview um, about uh, those college football playoff rankings, which um, obviously have been talked about at nauseum for the for the last two days. Uh, and you're gonna hear another rant about it again uh, later in the show. So we'll get to that when we get to it. And uh, as I said, you know, we're not talking much um, football, but shout out to Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield putting on quite a show, Monday Night Football, this week. Obviously, we're not able to talk much NFL, but that was uh, a fantastic, weird, strange, but uh, really entertaining game. And hey, shout uh, out. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Touchdowns on the One. He had a great season. Oh, uh, yeah. My fantasy team is, is history. After uh, <laughs> Yo, that's how, yo, so here's a crazy story, guys. I don't want to spend too much time, but. So I'm getting ready for this game, and I see the way the things are lining up, and it's a close game between a friend of mine and the fantasy football playoffs. That's what Kendall's referring to. And <laughs> Josh Jacobs t- posts on his Instagram that he's not playing. So, and I'm yeah, at, so I, I, I work on so – here, so here's the thing, Kendall. I work on the weekend. So I don't have time to, like, go, like research, you know – what the deal? Right. All I heard, all I saw was him saying, "I'm not playing." I was like, "Oh man, it must be a late scratch." And then when I went to my my team, the Yahoo app, when it goes to his name, it didn't say whether he was cleared, not cleared. Like usually they give you Q D or whatever, or if you click on it, you'll see he's playing. 
It had nothing. It was blank. Right. And I think that I think Yahoo was like kind of confused. So they took everything off because it looked like he was all systems go. So I didn't have time to think. So I just said, "Well, he's not playing," and I just took him out. And I was like, "This is gonna be really bad because I really don't have anyone else at running back." And of course, he ends up playing. Um, and he was just he messing well. You were almost well enough for you to win. Yeah, he, had he played. <laughs> yeah, it, had I played him, and then had I played uh, Gazicki instead of uh, Ebron, I would be advancing. But you know, those them's is the breaks. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah, that was the, that was my fantasy Thanks, story. Wow. So I got I got fakes. I got I got swerved by Josh Jacobs. Yeah, man. And that's that was uh, the epitome of brutality to lose a fancy football playoff like that. But hey, man, my first two picks, OBJ and uh, Saquon, those guys were out <laughs> by week four. So the fact that I was able to even make the playoffs in this bizarre season, I'll take it. You sound I'll like Sam Hinkie. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Sam Hinkie, yeah, a lot of injuries. Oh, because all the injuries. Okay. <laughs> well, my top, my first round picks, they've been hurt. <laughs> my, first, uh, my top picks, I'm just. They just redshirt until next year. Uh, yeah, no, the difference is uh, oh, yeah. I was taking guys that were healthy that ended up getting hurt. I'm like, Hinky was just drafting injured players. The Tank Squad had a, uh, had a terrific season, first in the league. Uh, we're about to make our playoff debut. Um, it's been a while since we've been in the playoffs, but uh, I'm excited to bring home this 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 chip. This chip. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time you've been in the playoffs, but this is definitely the first time you had a bye week. <laughs> In a, yeah, in I, I, I don't know what it's like. I was like, wait, wait, I don't have a game? There's no compilation or anything? <laughs> Kendall didn't even I, know that buy, that there were first-round buys in our league. That's how bad. Because, yeah, guys, we have a awesome. league. In our league, we've been playing for, like, 10 years. I think this is the 10th season. And, you know, I mean, Kendall may have been in the playoffs, like, once. He's, a, he's definitely the Detroit Lions of, <laughs> of I think I the like new generation of uh, fantasy football league. I don't think you yeah. did. I, I don't think you ever had. I, I mean, I think I think I got to the championship like in like year two or three. You mean you got to the championship? I don't think you ever got in a bye. Like I don't think that's yeah, ever no, happened. Yeah, no, I never got into a bye. Because again, you didn't even know that that existed. <laughs> like, yeah, I, was like, like, I figured like oh, I'm getting a consolation. Yeah, no. So the team that was yeah. originally called Team X Y Z, he had, he had changed to <laughs> the Tank. Yeah, squad Team X Y Z. Because of just so yeah, many think- seasons of failing to make the playoffs and finishing at the bottom. So of course the process, the process is complete, EJ. They say Peyton doesn't work in football. I, 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 I disagree. <laughs> so, uh, so good luck next week, Kendall, uh, in the fantasy football. And good luck for everybody else still competing in fantasy football uh, the rest of the season. But I, I am unfortunately out. But let's talk hoops, Kendall. So let's begin the show with some of the newest stuff we have before we even get into the preview stuff for this season. So, before I came on to do this podcast, uh, Shan Sharania reported that the Sixers have indeed made Ben Simmons available in negotiations for Houston star James Harden. What makes this story even more bizarre is, like, it seemed like minutes later, uh, Daryl Morey, the, the GM, president of the Philadelphia 76ers, spoke on the record to Sham Sharania and denied that the Sixers are willing to trade Joe, uh, Ben Simmons under any circumstances, pretty much. So it's real simple, Kendall. What's going on? Uh, well, look. Obviously, if anybody has followed this Harden thing over the last week, it seems like it's reaching it's reaching a tipping point, uh, or boiling point, I should say. Uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, the relationship between the Rockets. Yeah, and some, something's um, got to give. Is you know, something's got to give. You yeah. know, the way the momentum's going. I mean, the season starts next week, so I don't want to say that a trade is going to happen in the next week, but I also don't feel confident that. They're gonna move forward with Harden as at the start of the season. That's how bad it looks right now. Um, 
and look the way James Harden conducted himself. And I wanna I wanna go on a rant about the way Harden conducted himself, but it's not he's doing it on purpose. Like it's not bad business. He he doesn't want to be there, so he's saying I'm gonna act as much of a clown as possible to force the Rockets' hand in trading me. I don't really blame him. Um, I don't think it's genuine. I, you know, I, I like. I don't think he wants to be in Houston. I don't think he really. I don't think he's normally a bad teammate. Or you know, I mean, there, obviously the article came out from ESPN detailing how the Rockets have kind of coddled him over the last couple of years, which isn't a surprise. Isn't anything we knew. Uh, we didn't know probably. But um, regardless, what I think is happening is I think Harden. I think the Rockets have uh, are going to start intensifying their trade talks with other teams, and they're doing what we said they should do which is not listen to the uh, social media, not listen to social media and say that they need to trade him to uh, Brooklyn when Brooklyn obviously didn't have the best package. Right. Um, and wait, be patient, and other teams will start calling with better offers. And especially teams, now these teams are in training camp, they're kind of seeing what they have. You know, <laughs> you could say, yeah, you know, Harden sounds pretty good right about now. Um, so, yeah, no, I think we've heard... You know, you mentioned Philly. We've heard Miami uh, is, is serious. Is in serious talks with them. Um, at least I don't. We don't know if it's internally or if it's with the Rockets, but they they're having serious discussions about Harden. Um, we've heard Golden State being thrown out, kind of sort of in the in the underground, the place Harden may end up. Um, and I mean, we've heard teams like the Raptors have made calls as well. So. Um, this is and the Nuggets is another team, you know, that we've heard they we heard they liked RJ Hampton. Uh, I'm sure they like Michael Porter Jr. Maybe even Bull Bull. The way Bull Bull has looked, the Nuggets look like they have a real package. So, I would that would be the team that I would be concerned about if I were Brooklyn. Um, but Philly making Ben Simmons available uh, is still feels like he's the best piece that would be that would be moved in a Harden deal. So, but then what do you make what's, of Maury saying that he's not trading Simmons? Oh, Maury is saying he's not trading Simmons. Uh, Maury said that he wanted to spend time with his family after he left. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he's lying, but I'm just saying that things can change. Uh, I mean, Maury said that last week, and then this report comes out from Shams, and Shams is somebody that I do know is not someone who lies about you know his reports. He's not making stuff up. So. I am more inclined to believe what Sham Sharania is saying <laughs> as opposed to Daryl Morey in this instance. But that's just my that's my point of view. I don't blame you if you believe Daryl Morey, but that's where I'm that's where my head's at. So when certain people in the media, when there's certain people who are in the news cycle do stuff, there are certain people who, when they talk, I listen. So Maury right now is in the news cycle and people are trying to piece together what any of this stuff means. And, you know, I don't have, I don't feel, you know, strongly about this person, but when this person said something, it was interesting to me. Ryan Rossillo tweeted something on the lines of, why would Daryl Maury admit to doing something to us? Like trading in some to us. <laughs> yeah. Why would why would he do that? And to me, whenever anybody in the Bill Simmons clique or Bill Simmons himself starts talking about 
anything Daryl Morey is doing, I'm listening. And their takes on things. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, Ryan, like he's, he told Ryan what's going on. Ryan has some intel on exactly what's right. going on. But I think he, they do and have he, intel to... Morey have a decent... Because Morey was in Boston. And right, Boston. exactly. And they, so they have I, a decent relationship so even if even if he's not on the phone with Maury yesterday or today, I think that having a good idea of Maury's thinking is still important in this situation. So I saw that. I said, okay, so Maury's not the kind of guy that cares about lying to us. Because that's what Rosillo was saying. And Rosillo, to me, would know that. He would know whether or not that was true. So right. here's what I think is happening. I think, one, you're right. I think this thing has definitely reached a boiling point. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tillman told Raphael Stone, get this guy out of here before opening night. Uh, it seems to me that this is now ex- is accelerating a lot more in the past 24 hours or so. Just having, like, it's different when, honestly, it's almost different when Hart is not away, when he's away from the team. It's almost like you can almost pretend he doesn't exist. But when he's there and he, you're answering questions about him, he's talking to the media, he's saying that, he went to Las Vegas and Atlanta to train when we saw him hanging out with little baby. Like, you know, yeah. Some that, like, those speak. were those comments were some of the most ridiculous things I've seen. And I, look, I, and I'm I can't even really get mad at them though. <laughs> I, to watch Kyrie. I mean, no, which, yeah, yeah. what is that? No, I was say I'm a Celtics fan. Watch Kyrie. That was one of the most ridiculous things. I mean, I I was in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta to train. Why were we, so? Why 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 weren't you? Where, what were you there for? Uh, train for the NBA season or train for what? Train for the NBA season? Uh, why? Why do you feel that being there would be better than training for training camp? Uh, personal trainers. I mean, get out of here, man. Training look, camp. I mean, look. I mean, Harden is just—he's flexing every superstar diva muscle he has right now. So again, I, I guess my out, my outrage for it is just not there because my thing is like he is on one right now. But like, it's strategic. It's not. He's not like actually Dennis Rodman. You know what I'm saying? I see a lot of people say right, that, you know. Exactly. A lot of people a lot of people have used the Dennis Rodman, you know, he copied my whole flow, you know, from Soldier Boy. He's not actually copying Dennis Rodman. Yeah, he's a, a fraud. You know, he's right. he, he's just he he's doing this. He's like, okay, everybody thinks I go to the trip club all the time and I don't work out and I don't train. All right. They don't want to trade me. I'll be exactly what they say I am. So I'm gonna go to the yeah. trip club, I'm gonna hang out with little baby, I'm hang out with rappers. And let's see how long they could I'm a jet set all around the country. While we're in training camp, let's see how long they could uh, handle this heat. And um, I think, I, to be honest, I think the Rocks have handled it really well. But I, I do think they're at a point where we're like, okay, we we gotta, we just can't go on. We gotta continue. We gotta get him out. Especially now that he's back, because now he's back and now he's kind of like, you know, he's kind of like dancing in the end zone for his like foolishness with like these kind of comments in the middle in, in the in the media. So I think that they 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 said we gotta move on. Um, I think in terms of what's happening with Maury. I think that he tried to get James Harden and tried to trade Simmons and it didn't work. And now I don't want to say he's playing he's he's trying to save face, but damage I think control. I think there's a little damage control. I think that he thought when cuz like this got really bad and I wouldn't surprise I think and I, I do think that they Tillman told him yo get him out of here. So I think Maury tried to strike first and fast cuz as we said on this podcast, I think that Stone will go to Maury first. Say yo man. Yeah. What's up homie? One of yeah. them, you got Simmons, let's, let's do something. And I think that they tried to get that kind of, you know, back table, you know, writing on the kitchen napkin trade real quick. And they couldn't come to the agreement. Because what we've yeah. seen is 
because what I've seen and what Shams has been posting is it's not just a young star. It's, it's draft picks and everything, too. And I think that there's a chance that whatever Stone was asking for in terms of, I think, the draft compensation. I don't think it's the player. I think that he's probably wanting to crush them in draft compensation along with Simmons, and I think that was too much for Maury. So once that happened, I think Maury now, does. will he trade Simmons if the offer is right? 100%. I agree with you on that. I just don't think he thinks the offer is going to be right at this moment in time and or really within the next week or so. So yeah. with the season being right about to start, you may end up not getting him because now we're hearing, again, other teams are starting to ramp up offers potentially. I think he, it is a little bit of damage control. And um, he has to be very careful dealing with clutch sports. He does, yeah, because because we know, I mean, we know the Maury clutch sports relationship isn't great. No, uh, yeah, there I mean, haven't been many. Him and Le- him, I mean, Maury and LeBron have. I mean, LeBron is has taken his shots at Maury for the whole yeah. training thing. You yeah, know? so and there so, haven't been many clutch clients that have stepped foot in Houston. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I'm sure there is one. I can't think of one. I mean, I know John Wall's right. there now, but uh, that was just yeah, by that Maury was just by that was probably sheer. Yeah, not, yeah, Maury's not even there now. So exactly. So yeah. So I mean, it, it's a, it's a definitely a a touchy situation, and I think that they're trying to be uh, careful. You know, I think that that. But what I will say is, I'm hopeful. I'm glad this will finally end any talk about it. You know, a Jared Allen and Levert package. Yeah, that's over. Cause, right, cause, that's over. Because yeah, because like now it's like come on now, let's get serious. Because yeah. we, we we I mean the timeline spent like two days trying to convince us that you know no no really Alan Levert is is great value. <laughs> I'm like I live and in New York. I've mean. watched these guys play. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not some guy who like they never watched the Nets play. Don't know who these guys. Are. Like yeah. I didn't just watch them when they were in the bubble. Like I've watched these guys for years. Yeah, I so. Mean, it was, but the funniest thing we heard, we heard was, oh, the Nets, they they like their package, but they don't want to overpay like they did in the Garnett and Pierce trade. That was the funniest thing. Yeah, as if their package was so awesome that they that they could still get hardened without giving up like every first round pick they have, and that those first round picks are too much to give up for James Harden when you but, have three and three, and none of it made any sense, but. That was those were the takes that we were hearing about. Yeah, Harden. it was it was it was foolishness. I think we're starting to get things that are getting really serious, really intense now. I think that this is going to be a very interesting week before the season starts. I really think that going into next Tuesday, like this is going to get interesting because, like, the, I mean, the Rockets. Yeah, guys, like are, are, are we are they really going to try to get to the beginning of the season with this guy? I think they still might. I still i i, I don't think that they're going. I don't think Rafael is going to panic. I think that he really wants to get rid of him, but I don't think he's going to panic. I think that he's going to try to get a good deal. But I do I think, think that the Miami thing happens, too. I think there's a better chance that he goes to Miami than people are giving him credit for. Yeah, because um, when, I, when I hear, like, when I hear, no disrespect to Duncan Robinson, but when I hear, how I want to describe Duncan? Um, when I hear guys who are who are decent players, but not superstars or even stars being talked about as teams saying, uh, you know, oh, this guy is the sticking point. That tells me you're a lot closer than we, than maybe the public knows. Because remember right. with the Knicks, remember Tim Faye Mozgov was a sticking point for the Knicks trade for Carmelo Anthony. Right. That's, that's a long distant memory. And when you get to that point, it's like, I mean, and to be fair, Duncan Robinson 
now is better than what Mozgov was back then. But still, when you, when that caliber of player becomes a sticking point, that means you have already agreed to a lot. <laughs> yeah, like people you know hear that. That means Harrow is gone. That means maybe no, another good, really good young player is gone. Like that means guys are gone. So and now it's a matter of how many. Kid. Yeah, that like, now it's a matter. Of, okay, how many of these guys are we gonna give up? So when you get to that, so the Heat may end up being way closer to the goal line than anybody thinks. And now, you know, we're, our next story, or well, not our next story, but, you know, now that, you know, Giannis is off the table, they may feel like, all right, well, this, you know, <laughs> this is, this, you know, there is no other free agent. You know, we could you know, wait to see what the deal is with Barry Beal to trade that line. But, I mean, you know, with Westbrook in, in, in tow and maybe the Wizards end up playing well, you know, that might not, that might be a pipe dream. So, Things get more interesting, and maybe they say, "All right, we got it. We got to do it." Like you know, we're right there. We can win a championship. We showed that last year, so we're all in. And so that that's that's my that was my whole when I saw that. I haven't heard nobody talk about like the, when the Nets when it came to like like they ain't saying we're, we're arguing about since Spencer Dinwiddie. It never yeah, got it to that point. point. <laughs> it never got to it never got to that point. The points we heard was Kyrie and Kyrie. Right. Exactly. Which we're, so, uh, we're always going to be off the table. So right, so that's a yeah. major sticking point. That's that's an impediment to any deal. Duncan Robinson doesn't feel like a major impediment. It feels like there's something that can be worked out. So that can make that the other happen. team that the other new team that's been entered into the arena that I think you actually mentioned at one point, maybe not on air, but when we had conversations about this, that was reported by I believe it might have been Scoop B, uh, Scoop B Robinson. Shout out to shout him. out to Scoop B. He made the he and he he talks about not only the Toronto Raptors who we mentioned on this show, yep. but he mentioned the Dallas Mavericks are in conversations with the Rockets. And yeah, because to me, I mean, Porzingis is the obvious piece. Yeah, I mean, the guy is very injury prone. So good luck, Houston. But I don't think it's the chance you have a real the fact the chance of you getting an All Star back. I mean, I don't think it's bad, but like you got to get a guy who's a bone who's a, a true All Star talent. And I think Porzingis is a true All Star talent. That, I mean, that yeah, when he's healthy, yeah, it's just will he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? That's a major question mark. But I'd rather have him than Karis Levert. Again, <laughs> talking about I don't who could have. Luka, so. I don't think a Luca Harden thing makes any sense. To me, that seems like the Mavericks. I wonder if Giannis signing long term, which we'll talk about later in the show. It may be putting them kind of in a little bit of a bind where they're like, all right. I just can't. Really I, I, I also can't imagine. I can't imagine Rick Carlisle coaching James Harden. It's someone uh, who feels uh, like I've watched. Look, I mean, James Harden's a great player. I think. I don't think he's as uncoachable as people people give credit for. People assume. I think he's uncoachable in the sense that, yeah, I mean, getting him to commit to playing defense. I think great. that we don't give enough. To I, I think. I think that you're. Un, I think that you're underrating how much. Rope D'Antoni gives guys, especially stars. Maybe yeah, maybe that's the like I like. I mean, the last guy like he got Mikhail out of there, so yeah. And he never tried to get rid of D'Antoni, but he got he like when it came to a point where he wasn't seen out of that coach, the guy was gone. D'Antoni stuck around all these years, I think, largely because Harden liked him because he didn't really give him any props. Let him do the ball as long as he wanted. Let him, you know. Stay late in cities, go early, whatever to cities in order to make it work, so he can have his you know social time. So, I, I to me like, and I you know I watched Antonio in, in New York. Like, I think that Rick Carlisle, he's not you know, I don't know, you know George Carl, but yeah. 
Rick Carlisle is not also a pushover. I mean, Rick Carlisle believes in the system. He, I think he he believes in being like the guy. Like he, yes, he has he's had star players, but I never question whether it's Luca or Dirk. I've never questioned like who the like who's calling the shots. Like it always has been Carlisle. Like it just, yeah. it's going to be different with James Harden. It just is. So at that so point, my my sticking point is that, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that, saying that I'm not saying that Carlisle will stop it or that that this won't happen because I'm just saying that is going to be a really weird marriage if that ever happens. My 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 problem is, is I don't think there's any basketball sense to it. I I understand if there was basketball I sense, that too. To it, I think Carlisle is expendable if need be, but. If but because I don't think Luca and Harden makes any sense because neither one of them are that great playing off the ball, I don't see why you'd want them. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's better than having than not having Porzingis, which is what they don't have right now. Um, but long term, I don't know if Harden's the piece that you'd want to pair with Doncic. Now the thing is that if you if you're able to get Harden for cheap, in theory, is like if you can get Harden for Porzingis now, if you feel like that's cheap value. And even if the Harden Doncic thing doesn't work this year, you could still trade Harden. That's for, that's, that's yeah, see, yeah, see, see, that's the thing. I I I personally feel like with Porzingis, I signed him to a hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and value will be at its highest now than it ever will be. Right, and he's coming off a knee injury, and he's had issues health wise. So, do I want to wait until? Now he could turn into a four time All Star by the time this is all over. Or do I want to wait until this situation with his health never fans fans out? If I have a chance to get James Harden, I'm trading him in a heartbeat. I don't really care about the fit. It's just the value. I got a top five player for a guy who I have a lot of faith in, and I think that he could be a good player and be a star player in this league, but he's had injury issues. It's, it's, not, even a con- it's not even a conversation. I don't care who's on if my you team. you have a player already like Doncic on your team, it's an unnecessary risk to, to hold on to... To, I don't to, think it's unnecessary though, because like you said, you can move Harden. Like, no, I'm saying no. I'm, well, I'm saying it's an unnecessary risk to to hold on to Porzingis. Oh right, yeah. I mean, to me, it's like what I, I might as well go all in with Harden. Even if this Harden thing doesn't work out, I still have Luka Doncic. It's still and yeah, still, exactly. And Porzingis still isn't the best bet. I'm know? not saying oh I have to like Luke, this is this will be Luka's team regardless of what happens with Harden. Like even right. if. Like, I mean, it's Lucas' team now, you know, and whatever guy ends up playing in Dallas going forward, it's always going to be Lucas' team uh, as long as he stays healthy. So, you know, you don't have to worry about, well, yeah, if we trade for Harden and it doesn't work out, well, now we, then we have to then we have to trade Harden for a guy that has to be the guy. And, like, no, you're trading Harden for for another guy to play with Luka. So it'll always work out for Dallas, but uh, but yeah, it's Harden thing's weird, and I think it'll play out over the, last, over the next week. I would imagine. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really a, a wild story to kind of keep uh, paying attention to as we uh, continue um, watching this saga play out. But let's uh, talk about another story that's really starting to develop. So uh, the NBA is launching an investigation following a lawsuit that was filed against uh, Laker legend and um, NBA logo and Clippers consultant Jerry West uh, involving the recruitment of Kawhi Leonard as a free agent. Uh, there's, uh, there's a man, Johnny Wilkes, he claims, uh, according to TMZ Sports, that he... Uh, the guy who shot Abraham. That was John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> you just, that was like barely close. <laughs> Johnny um, Wilkes. 
and never trust a guy named John Wilkes. Johnny, I feel like Johnny Wilkes is like what like they would call in John Wilkes booth in the streets. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, oh my God, Johnny Wilkes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be like his Rucker Park name. Uh, that was really bad. Um, but nah, so EJ, you gotta, you gotta, having, it's, it's you late. We're recording this podcast late. We're having fun tonight. You need um, the Joker meme. The picture of him at the doing the stand up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that meme, by the way. Um, oh, it's a hilarious meme. Yeah, it's a really good meme. But anyway, uh, Johnny Wilkes claims that uh, Jerry West promised to pay him uh, $2.5 million uh, uh, it, uh, if he could uh, bring Kawhi and convince Kawhi to sign with the Clippers. So this guy claims to have close ties with Leonard. And uh, the infamous Uncle Dennis, you know, Dennis Robertson, who is very instrumental in all Kawhi's dealings uh, on and off the court. And this is a uh, reach to the point of, again, a lawsuit and now an NBA investigation into yeah. these issues. According to the ESPN, the Clippers could be fined up to $10 million and lose draft picks if they are found to have violated uh, NBA rules regarding, uh, uh, you know, indirect uh, communication and, and indirect, I guess you know, uh, deals and stuff like that. So, a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on here, Kendall. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you make of this situation? I mean, it really does call into question. I'm not saying what happened happened, but there's a lot of details. Um, I mean, that the guy, again, him and Jerry West linked up, and when Jerry West found out he's a friend of Kawhi, he then reached out to the guy and said, "Yo, can you give me Kawhi?" You get Kawhi to the Clippers. The guy was like, all right, say less. <laughs> $2.5 million, say less. And Jerry West was like, all right, if you get it done, you'll get the money. And the guy even said he immediately went to work on recruiting Kawhi Leonard and got Uncle. He even said he even went to the point where he got Uncle Dennis in communication with Jerry West. Mm. Uh, I would imagine before free agency started. Um, and then when Jerry West, he said that, and they also said that they, went, they all went to dinner. He said that Jerry West, the guy with the dinner with Jerry West and other Clippers front office member after uh, Kawhi signed. That that's the part where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. But um, look, all this stuff is traceable, and of course he's suing him now because Jerry West didn't pay him the money that he right, feels exactly. he owed. Um, but this all this all sounds kind of fishy. Um, it's oddly specific to the point where I'm like, it may be true. Uh, but again, the guy's name is Johnny Wilkes, so <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm joking, but um, but I don't know. I mean, this could be some. This could be a nut job that's just making a story up. But uh, it, it's worth it for the NBA to investigate it. Um, let's let's. I don't want to say let's assume it's true, but let's act as if it's true. Then this calls into question a lot of things. To me, it calls into question Jerry West who's had this legacy as being uh, the best recruiter in NBA history, it calls into question what, how legitimate is that? What, what, where his, you know, he's the guy that got Kevin Durant to Golden State. He's the guy that got Shaq to, to the Lakers. He's the guy that got Kawhi now to the Clippers. If we know that he's doing really under-the-table shady stuff to get Kawhi, then... What did he do to get Durant to Golden State, which was only, what, three, four years ago? And now, and obviously a long time ago, gets Shaq to the Lakers. I'm not saying. And when you think about those situations, Kendall, I mean, you know, the Warriors is different, but like, 
you know, well, the Warriors are similar to this situation where that's why this is all weird because it's like, in the one, like, I could argue both ways. I could argue on one hand, why as a consultant would you, like, risk this kind of thing blowing up well, moving in this way if you're a consultant? And another thing would be, well, maybe you be a consultant so you can move this way. <laughs> like, right. maybe that's why that's your role. Now, um, and then the other question I would have is, you know, in terms of, you know, Shaq, in terms of getting Kobe to say the right things <laughs> to get the, during the draft situation. I mean, we right. can go we can go back. I mean, we could really piece through a lot of NBA players over the course of years that yeah, Jerry West has been, been, been involved and say and how they, they talked about, you know, Jerry West's involvement. I mean, Jerry West was talked about a lot when he came to the Kawhi Leonard. And it was surprising to me because he's just, I mean, Jerry, obviously he's a legend and he's an unbelievable executive, but he's just so old. I was just like, like, I'm like, how, like, does Kawhi, like, I mean, I respect Kawhi's, you know, knowledge and love and history of the game, but I'm just like, Jerry West is really the guy that got Kawhi in this day and age to convince Kawhi that this was the move to not go to his team, the Lakers. Like, it just didn't, it, it just seemed weird. And. So Jerry West being the it, being the being the best bag man in the NBA is one of the one of the odder <laughs> turns in twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean this don't this don't <laughs> feel right. I mean, yeah, and and you know the, what we think of as Jerry West again as being this like you know being a fixer. It's just like that's that's <laughs> just not how I envision the logo. Oh yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying any of this is, is untrue. I don't know what to what is true and what's not true. I just know what is being alleged and how this all kind of looks when you look at the bigger picture. So we also it's remember the Clippers being investigated. I don't want to. I want to say this was Stephen A. Smith who had brought up the stuff about how Uncle Dennis wanted uh, private jets and all this other. Extra yeah, benefits. well, as as a uh, as the guy, as I can't remember his name. Uh, his I can't remember his last name, but uh, Kaz uh, Fumignati, I think his name. How I pronounce? His name? Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Forgive me, Kaz. But he tweeted. He was like, "Remember, like this whole recruitment of Kawhi began the meme of." I'm gonna tell y'all right now, we don't care. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> when he said that. See, they said that yeah. on first take on that episode when they were talking about Kawhi's recruitment and these lavish gifts and things that were going on. So yeah. ironic that now this is becoming way bigger because a year ago, literally, you had uh, Stephen A. Smith for ESPN <laughs> saying we don't care, and that's become a meme that is continuing today. So because of that. This has always been fishy. And look, I was the guy who said at the time, oh, Kawhi's going to the Lakers. It's the only, it's the only move that makes any sense here uh, from a basketball standpoint. Um, and when he went to the Clippers, it was very odd. It was like, wow, I guess Kawhi really just, he loves to compete. And maybe he does love to compete. I'm not going to say he doesn't. But it, <laughs> it didn't make much sense in terms of, like, legacy at this point. He already won a championship by himself. Twice, but really, especially once in uh, in Toronto, he didn't have to. He didn't have to do it with the Clippers. He could have easily just went to the Lakers, won won two or three more with LeBron and AD, and and it would have been over. So it was an odd decision then. Um, So yeah, I don't know. And then even and then we're looking at this from a from a quick basketball standpoint. What can the NBA do? I mean, we mentioned the fines, which Steve Ballmer is happy to pay the fines. Um, He'll he'll get that out of his pocket. But my question is, you know, obviously the draft compensation is the real kicker. And what can the NBA do in terms of Kawhi Leonard's future in, in L.A.? 
Can they void his contract? Can they make it impermissible for him to resign there long term? I don't know. I don't know what grounds the NBA has to do what, but um, this could really get bad. There is a version of this where, man, Jerry West like tanked the Clippers franchise for the next ten years because they already lost all those draft picks in the in the Paul George trade, so they don't have much to take in the next five years. But what they can take is the draft picks, you know, like five years later. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, exactly. So, and you know, some of those pick swaps from OKC they could take as well, which would then literally give them no first round picks for the next five years. It's not even any pick swaps, yeah. and then. Then they could also probably take some draft picks afterwards. I mean, the I Minnesota what, OKC would love that if they just got those picks. <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. The Minnesota Timberwolves would lose. They lost five first round picks in the Joe Smith situation a while back uh, yeah. in that Tampa situation or that that, that crippled them. It crippled them. Yeah, it, 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 it led to K, it led to KG being traded. Like, yeah. It happened way years earlier, but their inability to get top-notch talent in the first round for all those years in a row, it, it was it, it crippled them. They they, yeah. they never they never were able to put a good K- team around KG around them when you don't have draft capital to build, and that not just obviously for drafting, but also trades. It eventually led to him not being. Uh, and, the, and the other team. allegation, or you guys No, I was gonna say it, it led to him being gone. So that was, I mean, this yeah. if they hammer them, I mean, this could be. Yeah, does Kawhi, even if they can't, even if the NBA can't force Kawhi to leave, does Kawhi want to stay to a franchise that with all this, all this cloud over the thing? Now, the other allegation in that in the in the TMZ article that the guy is alleging is that he told Jerry West and the Clippers, "Yo, you guys got to get Paul George. You want to get Kawhi," and that was the other thing that we had heard last year, where we were like, "So wait, so how how did the how did the Clippers know they had to get Paul George?" And how long have they been working on this thing? Was this something that was done? We assume that that was that that was communicated after free agency, but maybe that was communicated before free agency, because that trade happened wasn't quick. You know, it happened what a week a week after free agency or something like that. So there's enough time to where something could have been in the works. Uh, but I don't know. It's just a lot of weird stuff. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of weird stuff. Uh, let me let me say that. Um... It's it's a lot of weird stuff. It, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, we could talk about how this all works in regards to, um, um, you know, just just in terms of the situation and what we think. But it is it is really bizarre. It is, I have not seen this could be can end up becoming a massive story. We'll see how. Yeah, it's become the biggest scandal. Shakes, in the but considering East. considering who the names involved, the logo, Kawhi Steve Leonard. Palmer. Steve Ballmer, uh, you know, an owner that certainly gets a lot of good press right now and seems kind the of richest a, owner in sports. Richest owner in sports, an NBA darling right now. Uh, this is <laughs> this is gonna get interesting. And I'm sure uh, you know, Jeannie Buses is somewhere, you know, sipping sipping her tea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watching this all unfold. But let's talk about the LA Lakers. Let's talk about the season now. I know we've gotten a lot of off court stuff, but let's talk about the NBA season. Lakers come in as overwhelming favorites to repeat as champions this season. Along with AD and LeBron re-signing to long-term deals this offseason, the Lakers also added Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Saul, and Montrez Harrell to their already uh, really solid team. They did lose a couple of guys and you know got like uh, Danny Green, but 
do you think the kind of the clip the Lakers are the clear favorites to come out of the West? And if so, who are their biggest threats to keep them out of the finals right now? Um see, I think that the I think that the notion that the Lakers are overwhelming favorites is uh is it's it's strange to me. I get okay, it. Okay, overwhelming favorites to to come out of the West or win it all because they're overwhelming favorites, favorites to win it all. But are you saying to come out of the West or? Uh, well, I think a lot of it's different competition. Well, I don't say a lot of it. I think I, I think both. You know, I think it's possible mm-hmm. they don't win the West. I wouldn't say. Oh no, the West could be a cakewalk, but once they get to the East, it could be tough. Uh, they could they could be they could be clipped in the Western Conference uh, playoffs as well. Um, I think the nature of it, the reason why, is because the way they 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 ran through the playoffs in the in the bubble made people to believe made led people to believe that this Lakers team uh, was far better than every other team in the league, um, and I understand that because they did look like the far and away the best team in the league last year. I do think last year was an anomaly. Um, I think what we saw in the bubble wasn't completely uh, wasn't. I want to say it it, it it wasn't normal circumstances. Obviously, I think we could we could say that. Based off of the obviously the living situation, mixed with the stuff that was going on in the country, um, you know, it just wasn't not every not every team not every player was locked in. Um, we we had situations where I think the Lakers were clearly the most mentally tough franchise uh, in the league. Not to not to blast the rest of the teams in the league, but the team that was willing to endure had the most endurance. Uh, with that situation, um, in the in the strongest in the biggest level of focus, were the Los Angeles Lakers last season, and they deserve credit for that. If this season resembles a more normal NBA season, which I don't know, I don't know if it will, but if it if it does, which we expect, then teams like Milwaukee, teams like Boston, teams like Philly, teams like Miami, if they can get healthy. You know, we look at the Lakers' run. They didn't really face any of the teams besides Houston. They didn't face any of the teams that we expected them to face. And even the teams that they did face, a lot of them were hampered. Denver was the one opponent that I think they faced that they faced pretty much at full strength. Um, not a team that people expected them to face, but that was, that was the most impressive series I think that the Lakers had. Um, but they faced a Portland team that people thought would be dangerous, but you know, it was without. You know, it was without a healthy Dame Lillard, without a healthy C.J. McCollum, and no Rodney Hood. I mean, that was a team that was dealing with injuries. Um, and then you saw in the second round what happened with the with the Rockets. The Rockets, Westbrook clearly was out of it. COVID may have affected him. Uh, and then we had the Daniel House situation, which was the nail in the coffin for that team. Conference finals, like I already said, was, was impressive. But then, then you had the finals where the, the Heat were the only injury. So, again... Not to say that the Lakers didn't win a ring and didn't deserve it, because they they had the they they dealt with their own issues with Avery Bradley not being there and Rondo being hurt a lot of the time. But I'm just saying, in a in a season that will be more normal, uh, and the Clippers hopefully dealing with less chemistry issues, they, this will be a tougher road this season than it was last season. So I don't know if the them being the overwhelming favorite is the right narrative, and I think Denver. I think Denver, the Clippers, and Dallas appear to be the biggest threats in the West to me. Uh, are the Lakers the 
clear favorites to uh, to come out of the West. Yes, I think that that is to me. Um, that's that's the a fact. I do. I does that mean that will one hundred percent happen? Uh, it's basketball, so who knows who gets hurt? Who knows who doesn't play well when they need to? So we'll see what happens. But if you're looking just all these teams and just stacking them up and saying who looks like the team that could beat all these teams and get to the finals and who will have the best positioning with home field of the court of hand, assuming we don't have a bubble again and things like that, which it doesn't look like we will. Um, that's the Lakers. You know, the Clippers, they, they recovered well from the whole Harold thing, getting Ibaka, but still, you know, they lost Harold. Um, you know, the Rockets obviously are a disaster right now. Um, you know, the teams you're looking at, you talked about the Denver Nuggets and Dallas Mavericks. You're looking at two teams you're looking to ascend. Teams that are, you're hoping, you're looking to see two teams get to another level that we haven't seen them get to yet in order to really challenge the Lakers. Denver had a great postseason run. They showed that they had a lot of, uh, uh, physical and mental fortitude, uh, during that, those playoffs. I really enjoyed watching them play, but, you know, they did lose Jerry and Grant, which, who they did not want to lose. They, they tried hard to resign him. And we got, it's, it's one of those things where I think you got to show me. He's like, okay, last year you went to the playoffs, you competed, but you still lost in five games. What do you do it, this time around playing against the Lakers again? Are you, you know, are they ready for that kind of, uh, that kind of challenge? You know, especially because this, this offseason is going to be so different, I think, for these teams that had deep playoff runs. I think, you know, for a team like Dallas that got eliminated in the first round, you may feel more like, okay, there may be a big, a bigger jump for you know, a team that we saw you know, a while ago, and then they, and then now the season got the short restart. But the, the, the restart coming so short, basically this is like seeing the, the, the Nuggets, you know, from when we saw them in the conference finals to the NBA finals, to, to the NBA start. I mean, that's like the difference between the team playing game seven in the NBA finals and then starting the season, you know. It's not going to be, I think, this large offseason jump from some of the guys we've seen actually playing. You know, I made the case that, you know, what we saw in the bubble was actually year two of a lot of these guys. Now, the good news with the Nuggets, there are guys who didn't play, like Bo Bo. And, that, you know, that may be, there may be a bigger jump for a guy like that who didn't get as much time on the court but has been working on his game, did was with the team, getting work in, and did have that, you know, even though the shorter offseason did work. But... Will we see these massive jumps from Murray and Jokic just from two months ago or three months ago? I don't think so. I think that they're great players. I mean, they're going to come, they're going to have great seasons this year, I think. But what's that going to mean for challenging the Lakers this season? And I, I don't know. So, so I can't, so I can't say for sure. Um, the Lakers, obviously, the Nuggets are our team that's that 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 will be able to take out the Lakers in the playoffs. Uh, the Mavericks, you know, deal with Porzingis. We're back to that question again. Is, is he healthy? And even if he is, you know, is he a comparable matchup to AD? And, you know, in those one-on-one matchups, in those face-to-face matchups, you know, AD has has outplayed Porzingis. And the only chance they got is if KP plays him closer to a standstill. He's not going to play him to a standstill. AD's too good, but... Uh, he can't, AD can't dominate the matchup, I think, the way he did a couple of times last season. And then, he, of course, he's got to stay upright. So, uh, I don't know. I don't see, and then, of course, the big question, we just mentioned the Clippers, and we talked about the Clippers. And I, I get, we talked about it a, a bunch on last week's podcast. I just, I need to, you're going to have to show me, Paul George. Like, I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, no. And when the chips are at their toughest and, the pressure as his highest. He's gonna 
play good enough to beat LeBron in 80. I'm not saying that. Uh, he's got. I'd rather be wrong and him do it than say that he he will or say that he can and and look crazy like people have when in putting their eggs in the Clippers basket like so many of us because I, I thought the Clippers would beat the Lakers in the playoffs last year did last season. So, um, so yeah, no, the Lakers to me are clear favorites. I think Schroeder is an upgrade at point guard. Um, I think Marcus Soul is an upgrade at center over, you know, you know, even though Howard played well and, you know, McGee played well at times, you know, those guys offer you like no real passing or no real stretch potential. I mean, adding that kind of player to the Lakers already, you know, pretty strong offense is, uh, is going to give teams a lot of headaches. This is a very good team. I think, to be honest, I think the biggest threat to the Lakers is the short turnaround. You know, and, and how do they how do they handle um, that short turnaround? Given that this is the shortest time a team has had from winning a championship to having to start um, a new regular season. Now, one of the things you can do is you try to feature guys who didn't play much last year. So right now we're seeing Taylor Horton Tucker just light it up in the preseason. And we saw some signs yeah, in the bubble that he could play. Tucker, man. Huh? Kid, I don't know what to make of him. I, you know, I know people are jumping off the ledge, talking about how he's he's the next one. He's the yeah, future. Everybody's, of the saying, everybody's saying they get rid of Kuzma now because of how Taylor's playing. Yeah, I mean, look, he's got game. He, I don't know if he's if he's John Solomon's or if he's you know or if he's you know Bradley Beal or whatever. I don't know. He's got game. I just don't know if it's like all star level game. You know, I think he's going to be a really good scorer in the league for a long time. Probably a second unit guy, but I could be wrong. About it. I maybe underrate him because he's only what twenty years he's old. Twenty years old, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, I mean, he's putting thirty <laughs> playoff in uh, preseason games already. Then I could be underrating him, but uh, he does give me that that John Solomon's vibe in terms of having that old man game. Yeah, I like that know. comparison. Uh, a little Tyreek Evans as well. He That's has that. Like, that that kind of game. So, and look, that's a player that the Lakers didn't really have last year. Yeah, they didn't have. I mean, a, 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 they didn't have an off guard. Yeah, no, they didn't have an off guard who was any threat to create his own shot. Nah. And like, so, you, there's somebody you could argue. Oh, but the you know Green and and KCP were perfect fits. And like, in a way, yes. But I mean, it doesn't hurt to have someone else who can also create their own. Yeah, shot. it gives you an extra dimension. Yeah, it gives you an extra dimension. It makes defense, you know. Think differently, uh, so yeah. And I mean, don't think that Horton Tucker won't be able to hit a jump shot, right? You know, wide open jump shot, right? At right, some exactly. point later in the season, he may not be there yet right now. But I mean, the kids obviously got game. I again, again, I just have my my questions about overall, you know, long term. Yeah. But for this season, he's gonna help them. So the yeah, so the question to me is, you know, can they overcome this, uh, this, you know. Shorten, not short. It's a short season, but this short turnaround. And I you know I, I'm very curious how Frank Vogel is going to handle this. You know, obviously he's been very cautious with LeBron AD in the preseason. I think that he needs to be very cautious during the regular season as well. And that now that we have these new anti uh, low management rules, I'm wondering, you know, how, how will the league handle if Vogel tries to be cautious with his team, which would be the smart thing to do, as I always say. Because it's ridiculous that people go crazy about, you know, uh, you know, uh, problems with uh, low management, and then we see, you know, you know, Gordon Drogic blow out his heel because 
getting going down in the playoffs. And like, oh, you know, well, all these guys going down. I wonder why. It's like, hmm, well, maybe, you know, we rested these guys a little more and maybe we took the better care of them. Maybe they would be ready for postseason, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, the Lakers to me are, are a really, really tough team. Like, they're going to be a really tough out. Uh, the only question I have is will that load management, how will they handle the season in terms of load management? And if they do decide that something like winning the number one seed isn't as important to them, will that be, will there be any, will that bite them in the behind? You know, because you could have the most talent, but if you're in a position where, you know, you decided we're willing to give up the number one seed. Like the, the Warriors gave them the number one seed to the Rockets a couple of years ago, and they lucked out. You know, the Rockets couldn't make a three in a game seven, even though they're at home, and the Warriors survived, but barely. You know, will the Lakers play that kind of game this year with a team like the Nuggets uh, when it comes to that number one seed? Or a team like, you know, I mean, I, I think the Clippers, you definitely would. Like, you don't care about the Clippers, it's the same building, you know? It's also a teams. Well, and then with no and with no fans, it, do you even care less? Where it's like we don't yet, you know. Now nah, I think there might be a push try to get fans in, in the playoffs, but let's say if there are no fans and there's a good chance there we no fans at any point in the season, then do you really not care about like winning home court advantage? Because you might not. Last yeah, episode? yeah. I mean, the comfortability might be there. I don't know. I'm not saying. I mean, look, you prefer. I'm just saying if it means. <laughs> If it means pushing pushing LeBron and AD more than you're comfortable, will you do it? Yeah. Because I think that over the course of the season, they're, they're not going to – I don't think they're – whatever their winning percentage, I don't think they're going to run roughshod over people like they did during the regular season last year. They were a team that yeah. was trying to get to a championship level with something to prove. The second year is always different. It doesn't mean you're not going to win a championship still, but just how you manage the off the regular season is different because you – to. Now that you know what that championship level is like, you don't have to, you're not working, you know what it takes. So you're not working kind of like blindly to try to like just do the right things and hope that running through this wall, you'll get so through and win. Now it's like trying to get peaked at the right time to then finish strong because you've already just went through a really long, hellacious run just this past couple months ago. Sorry, last thing. The thing that we have to see is what's going to be the deal with where Harden ends up because if he ends up in the West someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. Harden, I mean, Harden is going to be a kingmaker for a lot of people, you know, like, obviously, if it's in the West, that changes the dynamic for some people. I, I don't to get Harden without trading Murray or Jokic, then they're a serious threat. Yes. 100%. If, they're, if they're not already a serious threat now, then they will be a serious threat if they're able to get Harden. I would argue even if they do trade Murray, they'd still be a serious threat. Uh, you can you you'd make the case. I'd make probably make yeah. that case as well. Um, I don't know if I would. I don't think they would do that. And you know, I don't know if I don't know how much better that makes you with the way Murray played in the bubble. Like, I mean, he's he was giving you Harden like production. Yeah, he's still not but, James Harden though. I know how he yeah, plays, we, but there's there's yeah, very yeah, few people so, like him who's ever played the game. We right. gotta give him his flowers. Yeah, but if you can if you can replicate that, or if you can you can you can have both of them. Then duplicate that, I should say. Then it's then now we're seriously talking about a team. That yeah, is, to me, like then the the Lakers are the the favorite because you give them that respect. But the Nuggets are as every bit a threat to win a championship at that at that point in time. Like that's 100%. how that's how I would have to view that at that point. And I think Golden State, if they're able to get Harden, would right. be in that conversation as well. Definitely, really, regardless of who they give up. Now that Clay's hurt, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, ideally, long term, you want to keep on a Wiseman, and we'll see what happens with Draymond. But any team with Steph and Harden, you kind of fill in the pieces. Yeah, that's and just... they're, they're... <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're still. I don't know if they're winning it, but they're they're in the conversation. Yeah, that's that's scary. Um, uh, we'll have more on the Western Conference a little later, but let's uh, uh head over to the East where we're some other big news. This has been kind of a really this is a great week to do. It's kind of a, it's a great week in one sense to do a NBA preview. It's also kind of a bad week because there's so much news happening during the week. Like we want to get to the predictions and previews, but we got to talk about the stuff that happened. And one of them was that Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, made big news by announcing he was signing his five-year, $228 million extension to stay in Milwaukee. So deal all but ends any efforts by other teams to acquire the two-time MVP. The Bucks were the number one seed last season, but were obviously bounced early in the postseason. Uh, Kendall, long term, do you think Milwaukee wins a title with Giannis now that he's signed? These so let's fires. be honest. The, the 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 entity that's most upset that Giannis signed that extension was ESPN. Yes, for sure. They just lost a year of where is Giannis going to play coverage that would have garnered yeah, them so many so much content. So I know this has been a tough week for ESPN on the Giannis front, but they also have a Giannis movie coming out over at Disney. So I don't know. But regardless, um, look, this is a. Uh, I don't know if this move is going to change life for them this season. Uh, I think it helps. It helps not having that cloud over this over the franchise. Um, we've never. I mean, we the only guy. Yeah, I would say the only guy that's ever won a championship. That was then heading into a free agency like that. Well, two guys. Uh, first, it was it was the last two years, Kawhi and AD. <laughs> um, I was gonna say just Kawhi, but now I was like, I mean, AD did it this season. Uh, there wasn't much, <laughs> there wasn't much conversation about oh, AD, where is he gonna go? But he did. He was in the last year of his contract when he won a championship. Um, but typically, those guys lose, so that's a uh, it's a good sign that that he's signed long term. You don't have to deal about that. You don't have to deal with that cloud coming into uh, coming into the season. I still have my questions about why would they have done that Drew Holiday trade if Giannis was going to be there long-term. Um, Unless he told them, do this yeah, trade maybe, sign long-term. Yeah, maybe he's the GM. You know, maybe he's the GM. Maybe he's okay. telling them, this is what I want to do. Then you have to do it. Um, the flip side would be maybe maybe the conversation was, look, if I'm here long-term, those first-round picks don't mean anything. So let's get Drew Holiday, which is a good point. I would still say, look, we could probably get more than Drew Holiday, but – I mean, the, the Wizards aren't keen to trade Bradley Beal, so I don't know. Who are you actually getting? So, uh, yeah, it goes both ways, but the Bucks are going to be tough. The Bucks are going to be tough now. They're going to be tough long-term. I, you kind of feel like somebody is going to end up in Milwaukee to play with Giannis. They already do have Chris Middleton, but they may be able to get an even bigger star to play with Giannis anyway. So this will be, be fascinating um, to see, this, to see, this, see this, this team play itself out, but... For this season, uh, I'm not. I wouldn't guarantee they're gonna win the they're gonna win the East because they I don't know if they got that much better. If you told me they got Bogdanovich, then yes, we're now we're talking about a team that's gotten massively better. Because while Holly's a, a massive improvement over Bledsoe, the way they got beat by Miami didn't suggest that Holiday was gonna be difference in them beating Miami or not. That's just that's it's a very simple way of looking at it, but. That's 
that's the easiest way I could put it. They were further from a championship than Holiday can make up for. So, I mean, yeah, the one thing is it is like the, the Holiday thing. You know, you look at that, and you know, to me, and what you started to hear some of the tea leaves of some people on Twitter, the you know, and maybe beat reporters, people saying, yeah, you know, Milwaukee may feel confident that. John Giannis will sign. Hence, why they do something like this. And do I look? I, the 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 value is the value. So I don't you know. I I look at I, I can't you know. Yes, I do give them some pass because Giannis signed, but I, you know the value still seems a little seems a little weird to me. But in terms of well, will Giannis win a title uh, with the Bucks? Then this these this contract, I, I think he will, because the way the league is going, you know, LeBron's great, but obviously. At a certain point, there's got to be some tail off. Yes, he will still have AD, but you know if there is a significant tail off, those guys making the big money that they're making, we'll see what it what it's like in terms of putting together rosters. Obviously, the Lakers showed this year they're still able to do that, and the Lakers have shown in the past, despite being well over salary cap, they can find a way to put a roster together. But um, I think just with the other teams that I guess would be their 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 peers. It just feels like Giannis, at his age and at his point in his career, is going to be at the peak of his game while a lot of people are on the decline. You know, in Brooklyn, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie and Durant will be, you know, you could argue maybe they're already on the down, but they're they're definitely, at some point towards the end, will be on the down decline. Gene Butler is going to be on the decline. Uh, and then the other guys in, in the West, you know, Adoncic is rising, Um Jokic Murray rising, all those guys, you know, they're not at Giannis's level yet. So he may have to be patient, just like LeBron had to be patient. He wasn't patient, he just left. But you know what I'm saying? And patient in regards to winning a championship. Like he may have to be patient and maybe other guys' turns before it's his turn, but his turn looks like it's coming. You know, so now that he signed long term, this is gonna be really fascinating looking at Milwaukee as a entity in this NBA ecosystem now. Because Giannis has done what Durant and LeBron did not want to do and what a lot of other stars didn't want to do is he's banking on himself being that great that one, it doesn't matter about trying to build super teams somewhere else, but two, that guys will, will come to Milwaukee because he's there. Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant's kind of a weird scenario because he had a star with him. So maybe he's like kind of, different category but LeBron in particular one of the biggest issues with him was there just isn't anybody that wants to come play with me in Cleveland so that was he felt like he had to go elsewhere team up with other guys who were top tier players that would play with him to try to win a championship Giannis is making the argument that I think a lot of folks at that time thought that LeBron missed is that if you're this big star and you're the guy who's going to be winning all the rings then you'll guys who are looking to win rings will eventually get there yes you haven't gotten anybody yet but just hang tight and again you could argue when he went back the second time they did kevin yep. love went 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 to the club uh, cavaliers how many guys did they get on these minimum salary mid level reception kind of guys to play for them like so Giannis, I think, is, is, is I, I give a lot of Giannis a lot of credit with this. Like, I really do. I told I text you guys, he earned a lot of respect for me because this is how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, 
I don't win, so therefore it's the team's fault and I got to leave. Like, superstar players, the, 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 the franchise caliber players, those guys are supposed to put it on themselves and say, no, I'm this way. I want to make this franchise this way and I want to pull them to this level. One of the things about watching that last dance, I know people who feel like this is a anti-LeBron segment will get mad that I'm going all Jordan on them. But, you know, one of the things I thought was so telling was watching Jordan get drafted and, you know, 20-year-old Michael Jordan talking about how, you know, the, the Celtics and the Lakers are a certain echelon in this NBA and I want the Chicago Bulls to be on that same level. And it sounds crazy now because the Bulls are so terrible. But maybe like in a in a, a in without the vacuum, seeing how everything turns out, it doesn't sound that crazy because the Bulls are a big market. They've won all these championships and whatever. But think about how it, insane that sounded in 1985. That's a 20 year old rookie saying Lakers and Celtics who are bludgeoning each other in the NBA Finals every year, who have been bludgeoning each other for the NBA in the NBA Finals for decades. This 20 year old rookie is saying, "I want my franchise to be." On that level, not the team, not I want a team. He's a franchise, and what I like about the John move, I feel like it's the same energy. It's I want the Bucks to be on the upper echelon of the NBA franchise in the league, which is why I'm signing this long term deal that has a trade kicker that has every. There's no, there's no out for him. I mean, he can eventually get traded. Of course, he's Giannis. You know, teams will still want him, but he he's not looking to to escape. In any way, it's not any two, two plus one. It's not a short term, you know. It's 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 full on. It's a full deal, full extension, commitment. Yeah, this is my basketball home. And I and I and I just got a lot of respect for that. If he wins, if he wins this championship, it will be more impressive than LeBron's first championship. It'll be more impressive than Kevin Durant's first championship. And if if you're arguing that, you just don't know basketball. I'm sorry. I I feel that strongly about it. You can't. Tell me a guy who decided I'm going to stick with this, this team. I'm going to win with these guys I have. I'm not going to go and team up with other superstars. And tell me that that's not as in, that's not that wouldn't be more impressive than LeBron teaming up with the best shooting guard in the NBA, a top three powerful in the NBA to go to Miami, or Kevin Durant teaming with a, teaming up with a team that won 73 games. I mean, come on! Like, I'm not going to hero worship these guys that are in the league right now by lying to you. That would be way more impressive, and I hope I, I am rooting for Giannis to do it because this is how it should be. I don't I don't like this era of guys just jumping from team to team, and 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 it, to me it just kind of ends up taking so much of the onus off of these guys and putting it on franchises who, in some ways, yeah, they've made bad moves. Cleveland made some terrible moves. Uh, you know, Oklahoma City, you know, Presti put together a good team, but they seem to be plateauing. But to me, the like, it, it, I just. I, I never felt good about the super team jumping teams just to win a championship thing. I just this warmed my heart to see Giannis resign. I thought it was awesome. Can't lie. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was definitely a cool moment. And look, I know you're a Celtic fan, so you are probably like, "Hey, I would have loved to see him go out west." I'm a it Knicks fan. Not- We're in no position to to compete, so I'm like, I, "We ain't competing. We ain't winning championship in five years." So. All I mean, you, buddy. Yeah, the selfish Celtics fan of me probably wants him out of the East. Right. But, you know, because the Celtics are in a position where we're going to be in that same spot with Jason Tatum five years from now. So Hey, boy, you're kind of already talking spicy already. 
Well, no, yeah, we're gonna be. In the, no, I'm saying we're gonna be in the same spot where. Oh, I think you're talking, talking, talking about like the kind of caliber player, right? Like, well, yeah, just just having he's gonna be in free agency, make a decision, right? Exactly. Yeah, and so you know, more NBA players decide to sign long term. You know, that, that'd be good for the Celtics' chances of keeping someone like Jason Tatum. So, I mean, and it's just and it's good for the league. At the end of the day, like you know, having more fan bases engaged is better all around. For yeah, because all the teams we were talking about Giannis going to were not were all thriving NBA markets, right? Um, we weren't talking about him going to Detroit, yeah, going exactly. to uh, Minnesota or Charlotte, Me- like, we or Memphis, going yeah. to Miami, going to Golden State, going to Toronto, going yeah. to Dallas or New York. So, you know, like you know, we were yeah. talking about him going to any any teams that needed uh, help as a, as a, in the NBA market. Well, so, I mean, yeah. New York needs help, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, but yeah, but, but the then, but it's still a big market, right? Yeah, the fan base is, is always going to be engaged. Exactly. Unfortunately, you know, it's why the Knicks have never won the lottery because they <laughs> fan base <laughs> always be engaged. But, um, but no, yeah, this is going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting case study. It's going to be an interesting case study. Can Giannis attract major free agents to to Milwaukee? He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's really going to be dying to recruit guys. This is going to be a situation where I think they have to make deals to get players to play with Giannis. And then playing with Giannis to convince guys to stay. Yeah, I agree. That's what that's how it should have been in Cleveland. And yeah. to LeBron's credit, I mean, Cleveland front office failed in their job. Yeah. You know, like, you know They should have yeah, they should have noticed very early on. Nobody wants to sign up to play in Cleveland yeah, Ohio. You gotta be very aggressive to make trades. And you could have had a Mari style you're like, no, we need to hang on JJ Hickson. I mean all right, that's how you lose LeBron James, you know, <laughs> like yeah. decisions like that. So, so you know, now it's going to be up to Giannis to, to put that in, in the in the Bucks front office to put that to use. I think really, honestly, the Drew Holiday thing was a preview of that. This that was their first foray in that. And Giannis is going to be here. Let's trade for a guy who's going to be a star, who's a star in the league right now. The um, first sign that this was going to happen was Bam Adebayo signing that long term deal because him and Bam have the same agent. And right. it made no sense for him to sign a long-term deal if Miami was a leading candidate yeah, to LeBron. Or to exactly. get to be honest. So once that happened, we should have saw the writing on the wall and realized that, well, then that means that they know something. I don't know, I don't know where I saw it. I saw something that said uh, Giannis was showing the Bucks like all the like the texts and, and stuff he got from other teams. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah, those were, yeah, those were the reports, yeah. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody was like, man, that's a, that's a, loyal, that's a loyal dude right there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's bizarre, but <laughs> that's like you know, that's like when you uh, you know, you sure. commit to your girl and you go and you give your girl your phone and say, "Look, man, these these, these are all the girls that are trying to holler at me." But see, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, like that's that. I was like, wow, that's a that's a, a step above. But hey, maybe it's smart because he's thinking, "Yo, man, we could get the key out of here with some of these picks. They lose some picks over this joint. That might help us in this five year contract I'm in." So. But uh, shout out to uh, Giannis! Congratulations to the Bucks and the Bucks fans, um, and uh, uh, let's see what they end up doing. But uh, we, let's talk about the Bucks in in the context of this Eastern Conference, which is wide open. So you have the new look Brooklyn Nets, who have immense star power in, in Kyrie and Kevin Durant, who did look sensational uh, in their debut, both coming back from injury. Uh, the Celtics are high on their two young stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, we mentioned the Sixers earlier in the Harden sweepstakes potentially, but they also, uh, according to Doc and even, you know, um, Maury are also really excited about how this new fit with Embiid and Simmons will work under a new system with Doc Rivers. And, of course, as we mentioned, the Miami Heat are the returning 
Eastern Conference champs. So, Kendall, out of this, out of these squads, which do you think has the edge to come out of the East right now? Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not a partial fan. I like the Celtics. Uh, I root for the Celtics. I, I this season, I don't feel great about where the Celtics are at. After you lose Gordon Hayward, you don't really do much to replace him. Um, now you're relying on two rookies and Tristan Thompson to replace that production that you lost in Gordon Hayward. And, of course, Kemba Walker is hurt for the beginning of the season. So we'll, we'll, we don't know what to make of that as well. This could be a rough start for the Celtics. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, unless Jason Tatum takes a massive leap, which is possible, because um, he took one uh before the All-Star break last year, and then the season shut down. And he kind of re- regressed back to the guy he was uh, at the start of the season, which is still a great player, but not a top five, top ten player in the league, which is what he was in February. If he's that guy, then the Celtics could legitimately win the East. If he's not, if he's the guy we saw in the bubble and Brown's the guy we saw in the bubble, Celtics will still be good, but they're not contenders. Um, I... Brooklyn looks dangerous. Brooklyn looks dangerous. I know, yeah, I know it was only one game, but man. Kyrie they, they Kyrie is is he's a basketball grifter, man. Because I say that because as a Celtics fan, he did not it's very clear. Like when he first got to Boston, we made the conversation. There was a conversation we, we that oh yeah, clearly he's still a little hurt, you know, he's dealing with the knee stuff and then he had the knee surgery at the end of the year. And he looked closer to what he was in Cleveland that second year in Boston. But the way he played in those playoffs, clearly, and even most of the time in Boston, clearly I think there's another level to Kyrie. I think he just has to be mentally engaged. And I think he's mentally engaged now. And he's like that in Cleveland sometimes, where he's just out of it. And I think he's, yeah. he's, he, he is engaged now, you know. And when he's engaged... He's one of the 10 most talented players in the NBA. And that is, uh, we'll, uh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of how long he can stay like that and if he can stay healthy. But having him and having Durant mixed with the rest of the roster, which is still pretty decent, makes that team, in my opinion, if they're healthy, the favorites in the Eastern Conference. I know Milwaukee is going to be tough, but... I don't know if Milwaukee has the firepower to match up with this Brooklyn team. Uh, I think Brooklyn's offense is going to be really, really dynamite. Um, and look, I'm rooting for Steve Nash. I'm not rooting for Kyrie or Durant, but I'm rooting for <laughs> Steve Nash. Uh, shout out to Amari Stoudemire as well. I'm rooting for that whole front, or that whole coaching staff. Uh, I like those guys. You know, um, I was a fan of those Phoenix Suns teams. I like uh, like Jock Vaughn as well. So. And I, I like the aura of that 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 team uh, in terms of the the, the coaching staff. Um, even watching them, watching them in that in that game against Washington, they seemed like uh, they seemed like a team that's having fun. So it's early, but I, I, I like the way this Brooklyn team is looking. So the the Brooklyn. So here's the thing: um, who has an edge right now to come out of the East? This is I don't know. And I know uh, people are like, "Then why am I listening to you yap for two hours on this podcast?" I guess to me, like Brooklyn. Here's the thing about Brooklyn. Part of me wonders if 
Brooklyn is the 1999 uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Like, right. the star power is immense. But some of them secondary stars, they got to get them out of there. Secondary player, they got to get them out of there. Like, I mean, the... The the, the the ball hand the, the ball creating shot creating ball handling talent of Durant, Kyrie, Levert, Dinwiddie. At times all playing in live at once. I don't I don't know how you guard all those guys. But maybe like those, those all the guys shouldn't be on the same team. Like at the end of the day, they the same goes go, there's still only one ball. And that's why I think they're so eager to get rid of one of those guys if they can, or two of those guys if they can. Now, Harden, you know, he he would complicate things, but at the very least, okay, I got rid of multiple guys that need the ball in their hand. Now, yes, I got another guy who needs the ball, but he's better than those guys, and the volume isn't as much as, as those guys. You know, Steve Nash talked about Levert coming off the bench, and, and that maybe having to be something that they have to do. I think he's got to be creative with these lineups. I don't, I just think that Levert and Dinwiddie are like, they're talented scorers. I just don't know what their value is if they're really t- spending so much time just standing in the corner, standing on the wing, waiting to get a spot up three. That's just not their game. So until they figure that out, I, I can't just go all in on Brooklyn. But they're going to be a very dangerous team, obviously. Um, but then it's like if you don't think Brooklyn is going to, then who do you pick? Because then you got the Bucks, who. I like, but we've seen their issues in the playoffs, and we've seen, and I, I mentioned that while Drew Holiday is a, such an upgrade over at the point guard position, and the point guard position was a, a disaster, I don't know if he is the best fit either, because I think that they need a more of a floor general point guard. Drew Holiday is more of a scoring point guard. He's an excellent defensive player, but in fairness to him, so was Eric Bledsoe, and Hill Hill is a good defender, so... I, it's like they got a better, to me, they got a better version of the guys they already had, a much better version, but still, did that guys ever really fit? And I don't really know. So I think the jury's still out on the box, though. I'm sure they'll rack up a million regular season wins because Giannis just destroys people in the regular season and they bury you with threes. But, um, so then it's okay, well, who are the secondary teams you look at? I feel weird calling the Heat a secondary team, but, you know, okay, Miami Heat. I, I, I think that the Heat are going to have some issues considering this whole short turnaround. I think that, you know, we're talking about the Lakers all the time. The Heat, you know, had a Cinderella run to the NBA Finals. And unless they get James Harden, I, I think that there's going to be some problems for them trying to make a quick turnaround and to return to win the East. We saw none struggle after suffering covid we know Drogic is coming back from injury. And, you know, we've seen that meme of Jimmy Butler looking crazy exhausted after that game five. Like, you know, those guys are gassed. Bam's coming back from injury. So I, I can't go all in on the Heat saying they're going to repeat in winning the East. So then we get to, to the two teams uh, that, you know, that you focus on a lot. Obviously, Boston and then your rival, the Sixers. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't think the Sixers are gonna do it year one under Doc Rivers. I think that there's gonna have to be some shuffling of pieces with from Maury before I can really make a, a case for them. Boston is in, Boston to me is interesting, and they're the team that I'm kind of stuck on. It all depends on where are Tatum and Brown this year, 
because I feel like, and you follow Celtics more than I do. I feel like inside the organization and in, in this in the Celtics bubble of chatter, they're talking like they have two superstars, not one. Like to me, they talk about Jalen Brown as essentially another superstar, and that that's the kind of weight. That's how he's projecting. That's how he's developing. If he's that good. And then you have those two guys, and you have Kemba Walker, and you have a good coach in, in Brad Stevens. That's the team that looks like maybe that's the team that comes out of the East um, in this very weird season. Let's keep but, it real. It should come out of the East last year. Well, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. They, to me, the, the see the Bucks to me. I mean, to me, the Celtics to me last year were like the Bucks. The, I mean, the Celtics to me last year were like the Fab Five in the in their freshman year going to the championship like <laughs> like yeah they got there but like nobody thought they really should be winning an nba championship like yeah they were in the position to compete for an nba championship but nobody really thought that they should be in this position this soon so the okay. question is okay now that you're a year away like do they make this incredible jump or are they closer to being kind of like what they were last season um because you're right all of the the gains to to win were there, and they couldn't handle zone. Uh, they took very bad shots late in games. They could have won a lot of those games that they lost in that series. And yeah. that was a series people wanted to see in terms of the Lakers and the Celtics, and they just didn't answer the bell, just like the Clippers didn't answer the bell against the Nuggets in the semifinals. Yeah. The Clippers had a little less excuse. They were a veteran team. <laughs> Celtics are a young team. So it's like, you know— how much growth are have they have they grown or that's not word. how much growth that has has transpired and yeah i don't know but them feeling i mean do you get that same impression that they think that highly of jalen brown uh oh yeah 100 percent. right i mean yeah they 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 you know the the organization sees brown as an untouchable piece right and they view what they have in boston and you you made the apt comparison they they view it as borderline equal to what the Clippers have with Kawhi and Paul George. Exactly. And they view they feel like they have the exact same thing, maybe flipped, where Tatum is the guy who's probably more like Paul George, but is better than Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, similar to Kawhi, is maybe their one B. But they view like any any reason for there to be excitement for the Clippers, you know. I think they say to themselves, "Well, we have the we have the Eastern Conference version right. of that. We have two guys, six seven, six eight, great defenders, guys that are buckets. Like it's just, it's the same thing. Guys are just younger. Yeah, and and then they say to themselves, but we have more. You, I mean, I think they would have thought that we have more championship. You know, none of you guys won anything. We have more, you know, pedigree, but we're a mentally tougher team. More basketball character. Yeah, more basketball character on the roster." Guys like Smart, you know, the way Tatum and Brown have been, and Kemba obviously being the leader that he is supposed to be. And then you have Brass Stevens as the coach. That was the, and Gordon Hayward was on the team last year as well. That was the assumption. But they didn't, they, 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 let's be honest. I mean, they got destroyed by a 19 year old rookie, some, some kid from yeah. Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gave them absolute work in the playoffs in Tyler Hero, and he, he eliminated them. And Kemba Walker, was nowhere to be seen, and you know, and it, it, it was what it was. But 
that was everything that needed to go wrong for that team to to lose that series went wrong. And you know, you have to feel like will they play better this time around? Maybe they will, but again, that now Brooklyn is back in the equation. <laughs> now Milwaukee uh is better. So we'll 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 see what that, what that means. Philly is the wild card I think in all of this. Because as much as we say that Boston probably should have been in the finals last year, and I think we all agree that the way with my with the way Milwaukee looked in that with the, way, the way Miami beat Milwaukee, people thought, all right, so now this is Boston to lose, and they gave it up. But Philly is the is the franchise that really underperformed, that really has underperformed the last couple of seasons. Yes, because on sure. paper they they probably should have made an NBA Finals by now with having guys like Simmons and Embiid. Yeah, they, 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 they had Jimmy Butler on the team. <laughs> they had Jimmy Butler. Yeah, come on, reason why the team wasn't playing in the NBA Finals uh, two years ago, but. But regardless, <laughs> it's still crazy for you to think. I mean, I it's crazy. Butler, <laughs> Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. And Brett Brown was like, yeah, so we need you to play the Robert Covington role. <laughs> so, oh, so, man. That, that Philly team. But no, now we have a change of scenery in terms of the head coach. You have a or a change of voice with, with, with Doc Rivers coming in. That team looked very sharp in their first preseason game against Boston. Um and again, on paper, we don't know what's gonna happen with James Harden, but if we assume everything stays status quo with them, having Simmons and Embiid bring in a lot of shooters, um, and I think Embiid's the biggest wild card this season. He's a guy we'll talk about MVP. He's a guy that I think could be a dark horse to win MVP. Um, I don't feel the same way I felt about him with that. The same way I felt about Luka Doncic, where I thought Luka Doncic was a legitimate dark horse and was gonna be first NBA, All NBA team guy, first team All NBA All NBA team guy, but. Um, but regardless, I think Philly is the dark horse. I don't know how you see their 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 prospects. They're the dark horse, but I just again to me, it's just you know the, the jury is out, and I'm starting to feel like with Simmons and Embiid, like there is no more upside. Like there is no more what they can be. I think at this point, and you know Philly fans will think I'm being very harsh, but I think they kind of are what they are. Like, and they're great. I mean, they're two you know perennial all stars, but. This notion that there's this other gear they're gonna hit, I think is, I don't know. I think it's unproven. I, I don't. There's not a lot of evidence just that there is. I think there's been a lot of static growth for these guys for two seasons. So, for me, I gotta kind of see how these other pieces work as well. And you know, I think changing the coach is definitely needed. They just stopped listening. I don't think they they cared for Brett Brown. He's one of those coaches I think they liked, but. I don't think they really took him seriously. And that's why I think they looked the way they looked in the bubble and how they looked for most of the last season. A team that doesn't take road games seriously like that, I, was, I don't think that it loses that many road games. I don't think that you're taking your coach seriously. So much of that is just like you being prepared and taking the game plan and applying it. Like, because if you don't, you're going to get run out the gym against a lot of these teams on the road. And that's what happened to them. So when I see that, it makes me think you're not really taking your coach seriously at all. And that's what was happening. So, Doc, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it works. But, again, uh, you know, is this a team thing where you change the coach and in one year they're a championship team? I don't know. You know, I did think that they made some uh, some decent moves. You know, I liked uh, bringing in, you know, Seth Curry. I think that he's going to be a big difference maker for them because they need a shooting. But if I got to pick one team right now, I'll lean Boston, 
I think it's between Boston and Brooklyn for me, but I think this is very wide open. I think all those teams I mentioned. I'm not. I, think Pinto, I have my concerns about Boston, but I think that they would also be in the conversation. Um, yeah. I am concerned about Milwaukee. I mean, I'm concerned about Milwaukee as a Celtics fan that they have a different gear this year now that they've been embarrassed. Because what happened last season was embarrassing. Yeah, that was embarrassing. No, no like question. Like two years ago, losing to, to Toronto was tough, but there was this feeling, especially after Toronto won the championship, that look, maybe Kawhi just—I mean—they got hot, and Milwaukee didn't have it. And yeah, Milwaukee I feel like beat. I feel like the the Bucks the the Bucks lost to the Bucks lost to the Raptors. To me, was more akin to like when Dallas lost to the Heat the first time. It was more heartbreaking than I think embarrassing. Right, it was just like man, the other guy, the guy on the team, he, yeah. he, he, had a diff- he had a different gear than even our superstar player thought we could hit. Like he's not on that level, and that was like surprising. But it's like, well, yeah, okay. you just come back. All right, we gotta get better next year. Yeah, and then and ironically, those teams lost in the exact same fashion, where you win the first yeah. two and lose four in a row. And then to me, like this is now nah, this wasn't nearly as bad. But then this the second year it was like Dallas losing to the Warriors. Which yeah, is like this is embarrassing. Yeah, this is this is not supposed to happen. And obviously the, the the Heat are better than that we believe Warriors team. They were an eighth seed, but still, that to me is the trajectory they had. You know, it took Dirk and that nucleus years to like eventually figure it out and win a championship again. So where they played Heat a second time with Wade later in his career. You know, I don't think it's gonna take that long for the Bucks to get there. But the question that's is, a, that's like, a that's a back to back whammy of seasons that I'm just I don't know if like coming into the season that's gonna be good point? after what happened the last two years. Because there were serious questions about maybe Bud's not that good of a coach. Now, I think some of those are are ridiculous in terms of he's obviously one of the 10 best coaches in the NBA. But I think if Bud does not take them to the championship, he will not be there next season. I agree. But now and that Giannis is signed long term, I mean, there's no reason there's no reason to panic. But but yeah, I see what you're saying. But I, I just I think I think to me that the Bucks have done all you can do in the regular season. So if you still can't figure it out in the playoffs, it's nothing against Bud. I wanted Bud to be the coach of the Knicks. I think that Bud is a great coach. But he hasn't shown an ability to make the adjustments in the playoffs when teams are able to kind of scheme his offensive offensive game plan the way they have to get his players easy shots. Now, part of that's been personnel to 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 his defense. Um, cause I, I don't think they've had good floor leadership, but okay. You got, you got a new point guard now. So whether or not I think that's the right fit, that's irrelevant. It's what the team thinks and they think they have the right guy now. So if they don't get it done with holiday involved now, I, I think that there's no way you bring them back. And I don't think they should. I mean, I, again, it's not anything. It's about, but at that point you got to change something. You can't just say we're going to go with the same coach and just think that we're going to crack through this time. But yeah, I don't know the Bucks. I'm, I'm just, I'm still a little leery. I just think that I, I, it's good that they got Giannis signed long term, and that's going to take a lot of the air. They a lot of the air were taken out of them in that last postseason loss. This will take away that sting in a in a great way. But I still think that I got to again. They're kind of like the Clippers. I got to see it before they. I I say that they're going to win a championship or get to the finals. I, I what I've seen from them two seasons in a row was very disheartening. You know, if Giannis is not going to be a shooter, then you got to do something else to be able to create offense than what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I watched first, some of the first first season game. He still, the jump shot still doesn't look like it's anything close to being, like, automatic. So, 
All right, here we go. He's a similar player that he was last two seasons. Those were still MVP caliber, but are one of these other guys going to step up more than they have, or is the system going to be adjusted, or are you going to make adjustments game the game in those playoff series to finally come on top? He's going to be faster. I'm excited for the rookies they got. More I am too. Merrill. I think those guys are going to help. I am. I am too. I am too. Uh, I think good in preseason for what I've heard. So, yeah, I am too. I think that that those were really good picks considering where they were drafting. And the Bucks seem to be a kind of team that also like they haven't drafted well, but considering where the team is, some of the guys they've lost, like those guys may get time. I think they're the kind of players that can step in and help. So. Um, they, they're going to be obviously, you know, one of the teams to follow, but the East is going to be a, a, a bloodbath near the top. Uh, last season saw our fair share of surprise teams. The Heat, of course, you know, they, they ended up um, missing the playoffs, then being just two wins away from winning an NBA championship. Then we had the Thunder, who got rid of their franchise player, but were still led by Chris Paul uh, and were one possession away from sneaking into the Western Conference semi. So which, uh, which, teams, which teams, Kendall, in each conference do you see as surprises this upcoming season? In the East, um, I would say that my sleeper dark horse in the East, I would watch out for Indiana. And that's not to say Indiana wasn't good last season, but I think a lot of people are writing Indiana off as, you know, just this team that's, that, that's over. You know, like, all right, you know, now Brooklyn's back and everyone's on the Washington's got Westbrook and Beal and Danny and Hachimura and all of a sudden they're gonna be a contender. You know, I mean I, I think in Atlanta is the new is the new hot thing down in the ATL. Um but I think people are forgetting about the Indiana Pacers. And the Indiana Pacers, you wanna hear a wild stat, have they brought back the most amount of they have the most continuity of NBA of, of any NBA team this this offseason. They brought back the most amount of minutes from last year's team is back which on this is, year's Which team. is shocking because all we heard off season was there was a mandate to get all those guys out of here. Yeah, they blow it up. Turner's got to go. <laughs> Depot wants out. What, what can they get for Warren? How are they going to get a star? And they brought back 98% of the minutes from last season are returning. So that suggests that this Indiana Pacers team may have more. Now, from a continuity perspective, they dealt with a lot of injuries. Guys sort of overlapped like old depot wasn't there the whole time and then jeremy lamb got hurt and he'll be back and tj warren was much as he was playing the bubbles and he wasn't regular season so like they're gonna have to make all of that work but i think they have the talent um i know they're high on um on their new coach from toronto nate bjorken um so i i mean i wasn't really high on them moving on from Nate, uh, Nate McMillan. But, you know, you're bringing in a guy from Toronto who's under the Nick, the, the Nick Nurse tree. Maybe this, could, maybe this could have a Nick Nurse-like effect on this team after they moved on, after Toronto moved on from Dwayne Casey, when that seemed uh, peculiar. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that they're the dark horse. I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but this team wins the playoff series. If they're a top four team in the Eastern Conference, uh, don't at me. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll 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 stay in the East, and 
look, the, the, we know that the bottom of the East, those last one or two spots, it can kind of go to anybody considering um, where teams are. But I'll tell you what, I think this team's going to take a leap. And they're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to look at them after the season and say, yeah, there may be something going on there. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to make the playoffs. I think. Oh, yeah, it's Billy a little Don- bit, Yeah, you know, Billy Donovan, I always been a favorite of mine um, in terms of, you know, back to his college days. Uh, Zach Levine looks really good. Um, man, Kendall, really good. I'm, t- I'm telling you, we may have to eat a lot of crow on Patrick Williams. <laughs> Uh, we might. I'm, we might. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold off. I know there's a lot of you know. I'm people. holding off too. I'm just calling up how I see it right now, though. I'm way quicker to admit that I'm right than I am that I'm wrong. I, I think we which, all, which is like most so, people. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, yeah. I see. I see Denny have a great first game, and I'm like, see, I told you guys, best player in the draft. And then I see Patrick Williams also have a, an equally great game, and I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, I know he people liked him, but I mean, who is he playing against? So, so yo, Patrick <laughs> Williams, yo, Patrick Williams looks like he has a bad. You know, obviously, you know, I mean, the guy he looks like. And I don't want to overreact, right? But we heard the stuff about the Spurs really liking him. He looks like Kawhi Leonard. I know. He looks like Kawhi Leonard. It's it's scary, but I don't know. I don't want to overreact. A, a mid range monster in twenty twenty. Who who else plays like that? Besides yeah. Kevin Durant, you know, like it's crazy. But he's coming to the league and he's doing every cool. he's doing everything that NBA scouts are saying why they liked him. Yeah, he's a scout. He's a he's a, he's almost. I just you prospect. didn't see it enough in college for me to believe in it. But yeah, he's the perfect yeah prospect from a scout and a coach's standpoint because we heard the stuff about how Billy Donovan really liked Patrick Williams, and then we also heard the stuff about every NBA scout loves Patrick Williams, right and. But then it never made sense why, you know, obviously like the media and even people like us, they didn't really like him because every seemed like everyone in the league loved him. But I think what it was was that from a coach's perspective, the value he gives you defensively and not being a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be and the off ball value and being able to contribute without again, not without having the ball in his hands, he gives you that side that every coach would love, which is why Billy Donovan really wanted him. But then from a, a scout's perspective, he has all the physical tools and the measurables and the requisite skills to suggest that he has massive upside as well. So he's the perfect prospect in that regard, which is why he went much higher than people respect, uh, expected. And look, we'll see. That's all I'll say. Yeah, so, so to me, you know, I know everyone jumping on the Atlanta bandwagon, and they certainly should be improved. But I'm going to say look out for Chicago in a terrible division where, you know, the games, I mean, Cleveland and Detroit are so bad. So that's eight games right there. I mean, you go, you start off six and two in those games. All right, you, you're cooking with gas here. Um, I'm not as bullish on you as you are with the Pacers. So, you know, okay, you split with them. Now, you know, like the wins are there, and then we ain't talk about the rest of the Eastern Conference, which has a, a bunch of scrub teams. So, I know people are looking at Atlanta. I know people look at the Wizards, but I'm gonna say, let's see what the Bulls do this year. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be bold. I don't want to just say, oh, you know, the team that everybody thinks is going to be great is going to be great. I, but I really think there are signs in the early in this preseason that suggest that the Bulls may be uh, – and Kobe White lit it up uh, yesterday yeah. too. So they, I forgot what's going on with marketing. I know he's been kind of – he had a really rough year last year. Um, contract situation. Now we don't know if they're going to extend him. 
that is a question mark that could, especially with the way Williams is playing, maybe that's something that will be a hindrance to them in their potential this season. But I'm going to say look out for the Bulls. And I'm going to say real quickly in the West, uh, I know it's kind of weird, but I'm going to say the Memphis Grizzlies are surprised. I know you could say, well, well they, they were surprised last year. I'm like, yeah, but I think there's a chance that this team like is a solid playoff team. Like they were with Dallas was last year. Exactly. I think that, and I don't think anybody is giving them that respect still. I think some people are still thinking they're barely miss it or they'll uh, squeak in. But I, I think that there's a chance that if Houston falls apart the way it certainly, I mean, now credit to Wall, he looks great. Credit to Cousins, they both look great. But let's assume that you know those are the guys next this season because Harden's not there, and if it's not a Ben Simmons or someone that's a star level. Maybe, you know, those end up being their top guys. You know, I think that Memphis will be better than a team like Houston. I think they'll be better than a team like the Pelicans, who I think are still, they're in a weird, they're not rebuilding, but they are still rebuilding. So, I don't know. I, I think they'll probably be kind of similar to where they were last year in terms of record. Um, I think there's a chance that they end up surprising people and, and end up being, you know, you know, Oklahoma City, obviously, they're going to be just plummet. So, I, I'm going to say... The, the Grizzlies, they jumped to at least the seventh seed. I would, if they get to six, it wouldn't surprise me. But I think that they're going to be a solid playoff team. So they're my surprise team. A little bit of a weird pick, but I think that they're going to be really good. I think Jaws is going to be dynamite. Uh, in the Western Conference, uh, so the popular pick is obviously the uh, Phoenix Suns. Yes. After you, after you get Chris Paul and the way they play in the bubble, they're the perfect storm. Uh, to be a team that that takes that leap um, from last season, I really do like your Grizzlies pick. Um, Taylor Jenkins is one of the ten best coaches in the NBA, um, and John Morant uh, also is a guy that seems primed to make a leap um, into All Star status. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and on a little bit of a limb, and I'm gonna say that. The surprise team in the Western Conference is going to be the Sacramento Kings. I think the Sacramento Kings are, being, are going to be a better bas- a better basketball team than people expect. Uh, I think they make the playoffs in the Western Conference. Whoa, that's that's crazy. That is a bold pick. Yeah, I think the I, I'm not rocking with that at all. I think the Kings if, if they stay awesome. if they stay healthy, obviously you know De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, you gotta you gotta hope that those guys. Are you not concerned? You're not concerned with them losing Bogdanovich? Uh, losing Bogdanovich isn't isn't great, but they needed they had a lot of clutter on that yeah. roster. Needed a kind of a little bit of a, of a kind of a retooling of the roster, a little reshaping of the roster. Yeah. And adding Hassan Whiteside, I think was a was a underrated move. Although I'm not the biggest Hassan Whiteside fan. Yeah, because a lot of people because, hated that move. So you're you're actually okay with it? Yeah, I actually liked it because I think it gave them a big that can now play next to Bagley that we actually like. And maybe we don't like Hassan Whiteside, but mm. you know they—they they they, have. I agree. I see what you're saying. Like to me, I'll get you continue. But to me, they fun. didn't. They, they didn't have any credible bigs on that team last year. No. So, but my my concern has always been. I don't know. I don't really see Bagley as being a legitimate five in the NBA because I don't, he, he doesn't offer you much rim protection. Uh, his rebounding isn't great. Um, so he needs. I think he needs to be playing the four, and his whole life. Yeah, his whole life. But going back to in high school, he played with DeAndre Aiden for a year. College, he played with Wendell Carter and Marquise Bolden. He's never played the five. 
he's always been both productive at the four. Playing next to Sean Whiteside may actually give you the mo- the best version of Marvin Bagley. And I think De'Aaron Fox and Tyree Taliburton are going to be. Tyree Taliburton looks good early on. He's not a he's not a, a lead guard where he's going to be you know your franchise point guard, but he is an excellent you know. Either, I mean, he's, he's a dynamic role player. He's a connecting kind of piece that gets you to the next. That can that can help everything else on the roster look good. I think we're gonna get a great season out of Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think De'Aaron Fox might end up winning Most Improved Player. So I think I'm leading. I'm, I'm going. That's that's my surprise team. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. End the drought. Monty McNair first season. Also, I think look out for Alvin Gentry being on the staff. That offense is going to be explosive. All right, man. Look, you can't say a new generation. We don't take leaves. Like you know, what I mean, I'm saying the Bulls. Okay. Kendall was taking the the King. This isn't you know you know playing you no know, patty cake in terms of making really bold predictions for uh, surprise teams. And we may look crazy, but uh, just like I don't know if he's as high on the Bulls. I don't believe in I'm the Kings that much. Right. I, I don't believe in the Kings, but <laughs> hey, man, that's, that's what makes them bold. So let's uh, see how that shakes out. Um, what I want to do now. Oh, so this is something we do every year, Kendall. And I always, I, it's one of my favorite segments we do every year. Uh, every season, uh, we play this game where we try to pick two all-stars from each, two new all-stars from each conference, given most seasons, at least two all-stars, two people are new all-stars. Last year, we had a flood of new all-stars, way more than two from each conference. So you had Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Robert, Ruby, Rudy Gobert, and Donovan Mitchell all earning their first all-star selections so kendall um give me two guys in the east and two guys in the west who were in all-star selections this year their their debuts in the all-star game uh so i think an easy one i don't think easy but i think it, i think one that makes sense given he didn't make it last season uh when he maybe could have uh, i'm gonna say jalen brown so Jalen Brown gets it this year with Kemba Walker being out for the first month, month and a half. If the Celtics are going to be any good, it's going to be because of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So um, I'm going to say Jalen Brown gets gets the nod this season. Um, so we're going two in the East and two in the West? Yeah. Okay. And the other in the Eastern Conference – I'll say. Hmm. Guys, waiting. Yeah, I know. I know, right? You play the Jeopardy music. All right, you give me one. <laughs> I, I, you give me okay. one. I, I, I can give you. Uh, or unless you have two. Maybe I you think I can give you two. So in the Eastern Conference, um, I'm going Zach Levine because, as I said, I think the Bulls will have a surprise season. And that don't they don't make the playoffs unless there's Levine's an All Star. So if, like that's me. It's just I got to make that kind of pick. Um, I know Lowry Mockin was my pick last year. Again, did not have a good year. I'm, I'm uh, you know riding the Bulls wave again with this one. I'm gonna say that Levine gets there. Um, I know you picked Jalen. He was my other pick, but I'll even give you a bonus pick here, and I'll say Fred VanVleet. Oh. <laughs> I'm being bold here tonight, man. There is no, there is no, there is no, you know, you know, small measures with with this podcast. You gotta go big. This is one of the biggest podcasts of the year. I'll say Fred. I I think the Raptors are are 
We didn't. I don't think they'll win a championship. We didn't. We didn't even, even utter their name. In I know, the but here's what I'll say though. I think that they're going to be a. They're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. I think that they're going to still be really good. And Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach, probably best in the league. Yeah, and I know the front line is a little worrisome to me because of who they lost. But I think there's a chance they still end up winning, getting two or three All Stars this year. And I think Fred VanVleet will be one of them. I think I, I feel like he'll end up taking more of a scoring role maybe this year than Lowry has since Lowry's getting a little older. So Lowry's not an All Star guy. I think Fred VanVleet will. He he looks really good to start the season. The preseason, rather. So I got a guy. Uh, I know a lot of people say, oh, Tyler Hero, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know you, um, yeah, we all know you love Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, so I'm looking at really this two. From having nobody, now you have two guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm from having nobody. Uh, well, I gave you three, so that's fair. Class at Jalen Brown's. So the guy I'm going to go with pretty, pretty, not confidently, but a little less of a dark horse is uh, TJ Warren. I think TJ Warren's going to make it. I know I said Indiana's going to be really good. Okay. And uh, the way, I mean, it's really like we're back off the ledge considering the way he played in the bubble. I mean, yeah, I mean, bubble TJ Warren is a 10 time All Star. (laughs) He's Joe Johnson, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that crazy, but. Then the other the other guy uh, that I thought about was I think Charlotte might get one. I don't know something about that Charlotte team. I was looking at that, I was looking at I was looking at Charlotte too. I was I, I gave Rozier a lot of thought. I mean, Rozier, I just him. I like Graham, and I don't know if Hayward's going to stay healthy. If Hayward was healthy, I might say him, but right. I don't know. Well, he's so, a, he's not a new All Star though. That's true. Yeah, he's not a new All Star, but yeah, he might be like the All Star on that team. You know, right? Yeah, so I, I do I do think they might have an All Star too. I agree. So, uh, but I would probably lean Graham if I picked any of those guys. But I, yeah, I'm gonna say it's T.J. Warren and Jalen Brown because I'm being extra fun. Uh, if the Hawks are who people say they are, then John Collins will be an All Star too. Um, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sold that they are, which is why I didn't say that. But if they're a playoff team, it's gonna be because he's he is Trey's wingman. He's averaging 20 and 10, which he's certainly John capable Collins, of. Man. A contract year too, so you know. He yeah, a contract year he could have end up putting up big numbers. Okay, in the Western Conference, um, I'm going to say, let's see, I'm gonna say John Moran. Obviously, I'm gonna give you more than two because, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I'll, I mean, I think John Moran and Zion Williams are gonna be all star. Ah, uh, here we go. Easy so, with the TV pick. I mean, those are. I mean, the here's the thing though. I could have went more bold. Like the East, I'm willing to go more bold, and I gave you four guys. The, the the West is so tight. I can't give you four guys. I got to give you the guys who I think will make it. Now, right. if I wanted to give you more of a dark horse pick for a guy who could make it in the West, um, I say DeAndre. So I think the West is tougher than I think you gave it credit for. Um, I know Zion and and Ja are the are the guys. And like if I'm being like you already said Zion, so I won't say him. But I have bolder predictions about Zion that I'll, I'll get to at some point. But um, so, but I do think he'll make the All Star game. But I'll, I'll give you two other guys that I think also could be first teams that you didn't mention. Uh, so I, for first time, I think Jamal Murray is going to make it. Um, hasn't made yeah, an All Star game. It's a good pick. 
you know, the way Denver is going to be. He's now, a lot of what the All-Star game is about is narrative, you know, as sadly as it is. Uh, it's about where, what's the narrative, what do people around the league think about you? And he made, him, he made himself known as one of the best guards in the NBA in that bubble. So I think Denver is going to be one of the teams, or one of the, one of the teams that has, you know, one of the teams going to have multiple All-Stars, and he's going to be one of them. And then, and then the other is, you know, I mentioned Sacramento. I mentioned De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox had a chance to be an All-Star this season. Um, John Morant's a great guess as well. It's just so tough, man. The Western Conference at the guard spot, like you know, a guy I mean, we you know a guy who we didn't mention who's maybe the best player in the NBA who's not an All Star or at least most accomplished is CJ McCollum who still can't find a way to crack in there. I mean, we we I've never thought CJ McCollum was ever going to make an All Star game because the West guards are so tough. He never deserved it. I'm and yo, you know how much I love CJ McCollum. He's never deserved to be an All Star given what the West All Star guards look like. So look, if we look at the numbers, how many how many guards can make it? You get two starters. Two, two starters, two reserves, and then there's potential wow. for two more given the wild card spot. But no there's more. no guarantee. So no more no than six. Six guards. No Clay Thompson, but that means that Steph Curry is one is gonna be in contention. Devin Booker is gonna be in contention. Uh he made his first as a replacement, I believe, last season. Yeah. Uh, Steph um, Curry then wasn't in it last year, so that's why Steph Curry wasn't in it last that year. allowed guys like Donovan Mitchell and, and Booker Mitchell to get to books. get first one. Um, so th- that's three guys that we mentioned so far Curry, Mitchell, Booker, Harden, uh, Harden, Luca. Assuming, yeah. or we kind of with a guard, I would imagine so. Depends on how you put him in, but yeah. So that's at least five. Uh, you, you still have to mention Chris Paul. You have to mention Chris Paul. Yeah. As a sixth guy. And there's somebody else that I'm, that I'm missing. I mean, obviously, D'Angelo Russell. And it could be in that conversation as well. Yeah, and you mentioned Murray. I mean, and then Jamal John, Murray. And we mentioned John, Morant. John Morant, Fox. It's not going to be easy for any yeah. of these guys. And then Dame. That was the guy we're missing. Dame Lillard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, injuries happen. We'll see what happens. But regardless, like that's why. You know, that's why have, I went safe. Kendall wants to know why I went safe. He's naming these monsters in the Western Conference. That's why I went with the safest guys. The guys who to me look well, like two. Foundational All Star pieces moving forward. It feels like a lock if he's healthy. Aiden's a good guess as well. Um, Zion feels like a lock if he's healthy because the front court is much more attainable in the Western Conference. Yeah, and besides Le- besides LeBron, AD, a- and I, and maybe Kawhi. I think everyone else. I'm Kat. not saying for sure. Yeah, and Kat, uh, well, did Cat make it and last year? Cat and Jokic seem Jokic like- is a lock. Yeah, obviously. After that, after that, yeah, I don't think anybody's a lock. I don't. Th- I don't think Cat's a lock. You, you can make that case. Like, can Zion make it over Cat? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Can Aiden make it over Cat? One hundred percent. Depending on where his team is, if his team, the Suns do what they're supposed to do, and the <laughs> team wants to do what they're supposed to do, it's going to be a tough conversation by the time we get the All Star weekend. You, look I, again. I'm not gonna. I know I'm on this King's bandwagon, but look, I think Marvin Bagley could be a dark, could be a no, massive you, dark. Now you, no, you bugging now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, yeah I know I'm the bugging. guy said was gonna, you know, was gonna be MVP, but I don't know, man. We'll hey, he wasn't MVP. He, 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 he was. I know, right? He I wasn't was MVP. I was right. I know. Once Bagley, like, once he he gets he gets a top ten, he gets top ten in voting. I'm he, I told you. Yeah, you're gonna take you're gonna take you're gonna take credit for that. 
So yeah, I think I think those are good. Uh, I think we all had good picks. I don't think there's gonna be anybody really off the board that we didn't even mention that doesn't make it. Yeah, we we yeah, we covered the ground. <laughs> I feel like past years we were much more strict with like two guys. I think now we like really covered the ground. But I mean, honest, I don't I don't mind doing it though because last year there were so many new all stars. I mean, the league right. almost turned over with guys and like. In this season where there's going to be so much, like, turmoil yeah, from a from a, just a league personnel standpoint, yeah. I, I mean, we don't, there could be a lot of new guys, and it could be, there could be guys that we mentioned that just, like, they won't get, they won't get in enough games. Right, yeah. For yeah, a reason, it, yeah, it's, you know. It's, it's, also, it's, another guy I didn't mention, I think Rui Hachimura has a, is an outside chance in the Eastern Conference, but. Uh, I thought about Rui as well, I'll be honest, as a super, super dark horse. Yeah. That would be a guy that you know. I don't want to. I don't want to leave him out. I think and, he might be a year away to me. That's why I didn't name him. Yeah, and just playing with Westbrook and Beal, he's gonna get enough shots. Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, but the thought though is that because he's playing Westbrook and Beal, he may get a lot of really good shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those guys take so much attention, and they're both the willing passes. You know, so we'll see. Um, MVP Kendall. You know, Giannis obviously he's the back-to-back uh, champion. You know, win MVP champion or MVP winner. Uh, though he tells him don't call him an MVP until he wins the championship. Um, he's going to have a tough time repeating this year because you got Luka ascending, ascending, LeBron coming off uh, a sensational year 17, going to year 18. KD's back in the league. Steph Curry's back healthy. Who do you think wins the MVP this year? Uh, so Luka is the he's, he's the legitimate favorite. He's the betting favorite to win MVP. Uh, as someone who picked him to be in the top five for MVP voting last season, um, I don't think he's going to win MVP. I, like, good, but I, I don't think he's going to win MVP. Um, this is probably going to be the first time that I've doubted Luka Doncic's upside um, <laughs> in season. You know, I've particularly gone over the overboard. You know, the momentum would suggest that I think Luka's going to win it, and he's going to win Finals MVP as well. But, but uh, no. I don't think he's going to win MVP. Um, I personally, I think the betting favorite should be LeBron because Giannis seems unlikely. Giannis would have to do something incredibly special this season that he hasn't done in the last two seasons to win MVP because because of the way that his team has lost in the playoffs the last two years. Right. And no matter what he does for the most part, people are going to kind of roll their eyes and say, all right, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. So it, gonna... it, it, it creates an aura that what you're seeing really isn't legitimate. Right. Like, had they won one of these years, particularly he could last, absolutely, yeah, he could absolutely be he a could have a chance Because people yeah. will say, oh, he's the best in the world. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He deserves it. So, because people now are like, oh, Giannis, he's not even a top three player. What are we talking about? So, people are going to just, like you said, you're going to say, people are going to say it's not legitimate until he does it in the playoffs. I think LeBron is in pole position. I in terms of him being viewed as the best player in the NBA, I think if he gets in enough games and he, you know, the Lakers are, are as good as we expect, then he will have that position as, oh, this guy's the best player in the league. Um, so I would go with LeBron real quick. I have some dark horses, but I'll let you go. Uh, this is this is also kind of hard. Um... So give me give me your who the MV, who you think MVP is. And I want to know if you were betting in Vegas and you right. were saying, all right, I want to make the most money. I'm going to make, mm-hmm. 
you know okay. something. That's a that's a good that's a good way to do this. Yeah. The the MVP will will be Luka Doncic. Okay. If I'm trying to make money in Vegas, I'm putting it on. There's there's a, there's a lot of good picks, honestly. Um, to me, because I think I think this is going to be pretty wide open this year. I agree. I, I here's a, okay because I think the guys I have that I would put money on are very much kind of dark horse guys. One of the guys I'm I'm gonna say I don't actually I've said on the show I don't believe in their team as much as other people do, but I would put money on Damian Lillard. Yeah, and I would put money on AD. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I've heard a lot of people like AD as an MVP this season. Because I think because I think the reason why I think AD is because I think there's, you know, I don't know, AD AD has everybody that plays one has a has a distinct disadvantage with like media coverage. But I think the difference yeah. with AD is one. Well, he, they're they're represented by the same guy, so I think. <laughs> look, man, I'm gonna call it like it is. So I think that that will affect the media coverage towards AD. Two, I think unlike pre, I think LeBron was really fed up with what happened last year, and while it's very easy to say he'll go full throttle, like LeBron played kind of how I expected him to play last year. I thought he'd have an MVP caliber season. I thought he just got slightly outbeat. That was just my opinion. That's the opinion of most people, but I thought he just came up just a little short. But he played sensational. I I think I don't think he's gonna the pedal to the metal like that for this whole season. And I don't think he should. I think that given the health, given the situation, I think that you're going to see him tell AD, hey, man, I'm going to need you to really carry us through for a lot of these games. I don't care if they start saying you're the best player and I'm number two. I don't – when, when we get to April, June, July, I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be, I'm going to be the guy I was, the king that I was last year. Just this season – because of the short turnaround, you know, because we have these other new guys on the team that we're going to really need to get them up to speed. I'm going to need you, young guy, to really carry us. And I think that you're going to see AD's numbers, I think, maybe be slightly better than LeBron's this year. And with LeBron playing off the ball, like, the other thing about, too, like, LeBron, the, the case for LeBron last year was he's doing this and playing point guard. Like, that to me was his case, and it was a compelling case why I really was impressed with what he did. Because, like, yeah, Giannis is great, but, like, LeBron's, like, he's a floor general of his team. He's a point guard, and he's leading the league in assists. Like, in most other years, he would have won an MVP. He was that great. So, now that you have Dennis Schroeder on the team, and he's going to be handling handling the ball a lot, those video game assist numbers and things like that, I don't think they're going to have that for LeBron. And again, I don't think that he's going to put that pedal to the metal the way he did. The Lake, that Laker team, as we've said, was not a super team. They had two no. superstar players, but they had a lot of other marginal guys. So LeBron needed to play as hard as he did and great as he did for them to put the record they had together. If he plays 75% or like how he did the first year he was in Cleveland uh, when he came back, they don't win. They don't have the number one seed. So... He doesn't need to do that this year. They're more talented. He shouldn't do that because he's got to stay rested. And he has a nuclear weapon at the center position or the big man position, wherever AD wants to play. So I think he'll chill. He'll have a great season. He'll be a 
obvious first team All NBA guy. I don't think he'll be an MVP. But I'm look, I'm thinking about the, who are the guys that are gonna put up the crazy numbers. Harden's not gonna be in the equation because he's gonna jump teams and he's they're not gonna talk about him. I, KD and Kyrie, I'm not still sold on that yet. Yeah, so Kyrie I think, okay this year, but the media ain't gonna let him win MVP. He's yeah, Kyrie has no chance of winning MVP now, and that's not right. I'll be honest, it's not fair. David Aldridge basically said it. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, good luck trying to win an MVP. And it's like, and some people got mad at David Aldridge, which, first of all, they, they took out of context what he said. He said Kyrie shouldn't seek awards from the media. He didn't say Kyrie shouldn't get awards. Right. He's saying he shouldn't seek, which is true. If you don't respect their opinion, you don't respect them as people. Now, I'm not going to go into what Kyrie said. He said that, that all that wasn't as true as he always does. But anyway, it is true. If you don't, if you don't respect the media, they shouldn't seek their approval of anything. Now, maybe that's a larger conversation of whether or not the media should be giving out these awards, and that's again a different conversation. But that's accurate. That that's the only way you could look at that. But yeah, I mean, look, dude, if you're calling the people who have to vote for you pawns, I mean, it's just, it's just you it. you're not going to win the MVP. You know, it's 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 not. Maybe it's not fair, but it is what it is. You know. Uh, so those not, nah, but those will be. I think I think it will be Luca because I think the Dallas Mavericks will be really good, and I think that Luca will put up video game numbers. Um, but I think the guys to really look at, and the guys who I think could end up stealing it, Damian Lillard. I'm not as crazy on Portland this year, but if I'm wrong and everybody's right about Portland, Harry Giles looks really good. By the way, um, I need yo, to mention that. I'm so upset the Celtics didn't make a move. For I'm Harry upset Giles. the Knicks didn't get him. I, I really was like, yo, the Knicks could low key. This could be a, a low key steal. They I thought Aaron, with his boy Jason Tatum, would have been excellent, and I thought he would have been a good bet as a as a buy low. Yeah, so, and I saw the money in the year. I'm like, why? What do we? Yeah, why did we sign him by Neil O'Shea? Um, yeah, yeah, that was a real. He looks like a player, and he looked decent last year. Like O'Shea, Harry Giles, man. Yeah, and he looked decent when I watched him last year. It, I, he looked like he was coming around. I was surprised more teams this offseason. Maybe the the production didn't warrant a bigger contract, but and I'm not saying I watched a million Kings games, but every time I watched him, like. Okay, he looks like he's coming around. He's not. He's not going to be the superstar he he thought he was going to be in high school, but he looks like he's figuring it out. And nobody cared. It seemed like this off season. I didn't know. I because he got no interest really. And then the the threat was kind of a dirt cheap, and he was bludgeoning his former team in preseason. Just, I mean, bludgeoned them for two games in those preseason games against the Kings. And you know, okay, yes, he's amped up and you know familiarity, but nah, that, that guy he's got some game. So. Portland is what they say. They, what people say they are. James Lillard will be in the conversation, and an AD because the Lakers are going to win a million games, and, uh, and LeBron may uh, tell him, "Yo, man, it's your time." Yeah, my. Like I already said, like I said, the guy I think is going to win is LeBron. Um, I think the the guy that would be smart money, a couple guys that would be smart money in Vegas, would be uh, Zion. And I know that sounds nuts. Similar to when Luca's not in nuts last year, but if Zion's healthy, um, and his New Orleans team is massively improved, then then that could it could be like I'm not it, saying. It, I tell you what, it sounds crazy, but does not, is there a path? Like to me, it's always about what's the path this guy went in MVP. Just like we talk about like uh, you know, politicians, what's their path to the presidency? Like what has to happen for them? Is there a path that makes any sense? 
some of these guys, they have no, they're great players, but there's no path. Like, to me, Jason Tatum, I don't think he has any path. Like, even if, his, even if the Celtics are the best team in the East, there's no way his numbers are going to be as good as other guys on teams that are yeah, in the same. Like, the Celtics have to be by far and away the best team in the NBA. For him yeah, and, 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 I, and I just don't, like, he's, I don't think he's going to average 30 this year. Like, I, I don't see him doing that. He could be great, but I don't, I don't, no, nah, that may, this may be like the ultimate. 28. If he's winning MVP, like, if he's even in the conversation, then he probably has to, you know. Right. That, so I, that's what he was doing in February last year, but I I don't know. I, I don't have, I don't see him doing that all season. I don't see him doing that the whole season. So to me, like, there are great players who may be in a position to win a championship, but, like, just I don't see a path for them. Like, Zion would not be my pick, but is there a path? I'm like, certainly. Because if the Pelicans, is it, is it realistic that the Pelicans could take a massive jump and win? What, I, know it's 72, I know it's 72 game season. Let's say they win the equivalent of what 50 games are in an 82 game season. Unlikely, but not the craziest thing I've heard, considering. Zion, we think, is an all-star. Brandon Ingram already is an all-star. He's there full season. We think that... Oh, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Um, uh, and, uh, you, know, we, you know, Stan Van you think there's going to be a little more discipline, more of a, of a team structure. Right. Like he lost you holiday, but maybe that was a log jam at point guard, and now maybe the, maybe a bigger log jam. But maybe, you know... <laughs> he lost one and he added two. <laughs> right. I know that, yeah, it's, but... Maybe they, maybe they, 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 they still, they, there's a little more clarity, maybe, uh, right. for them. So, I'm, it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's, 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 it's. So it would be surprising. They'd be one of the biggest surprises in the league. But there are people that are way more bullish on the Pelicans than I am. And if that, if that happens, and Zion's averaging 26 and 12, which he could definitely average that because yeah. what he—that's basically what he was doing last season when he was playing. Then that's his path to, to an MVP conversation. And, and the media the conversation, all bets are off. The media would have that conversation. <laughs> and the so, media, and he has so much support from the media. So, yeah. again, to me, it's all about do you have a path to that com- being in that conversation? Zion's path is extremely, extremely narrow, but it's existent. And I'm sure like, the, the Vegas money is probably dirt cheap. And so, right, yeah. That, if, if, you're, if you're a cheap person and you're like, yo, I, I want to, you know, spend as little amount of money as possible, but still be yeah, able to. I'll drop $100, but whatever. But, like. You know, because I'm not thinking about it, but if I, if he wins, and I don't know what his odds are, but they, they can't be very high. <laughs> They're probably higher than the average second year player, but right, it's probably not, still probably not, you know, anything in the top ten. I would imagine. Um, and then like the thing that hurt Luka Doncic last year, when I mentioned Luka Doncic as an MVP candidate, and he ended up being that candidate. What hurt him was that he didn't have the momentum coming into the season. While people, while he was rookie of the year and people were kind of, you know, oh, Doncic, you know, we'll see what he has if he has a sophomore slump. There wasn't the, oh, this guy is one of the five best players in the NBA hype. And I'm not saying that people think Zion's the top five player in the league, but he has the hype of that kind of a player. Doncic earned and garnered that hype after, like, after the production got to that level. Yeah, and I mean, look, I I've argued for years that Doncic should have came in with that kind of hype, but yep. people people were were sleeping. You know, we were on that for a long time ago. But um, and it's mainly ESPN. I don't even blame like the, the league. I blame ESPN for not garnering that that much hype for this guy. Um, and speaking of Doncic, real quick, uh, and I real quickly though, Keno, for what it's worth, 
uh, Zion's MVP odds are 50 to 1, which is... Do well, you know where that ranks amongst... Uh... Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4. He's pretty down this list. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's... That's not that's a bad a, bet. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad bet. If you can, if you can throw away hundred dollars, it's fifty to one. What's that? Ten thousand? I'm, I'm not good at math. That's like ten thousand dollars, right? I, I have no clue. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I don't know. You win some money though. You got you got yeah. a nice chunk of change. I'm just saying. Yeah. Fifty to um, one. I like I, that. Those aren't crazy. I mean, they put they put uh, Kyrie Irving at fifty to one. I would think Kyrie has a better chance than Zion. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he has a better chance. Again, we we talked. I think he has a better chance of having. I think he's just as good a chance of having a spectacular season, but he yeah. doesn't have the the other stuff going for him. Right. He has to win it. We didn't, we're not talking about first team NBA. We're not talking about all star. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're talking about you have to win MVP, and the the Nets would have to be so good, and Durant would probably have to get hurt, and the Nets would still have to be that good for him to win it. So, yeah, I don't think Kyrie's not going to win it. Yeah, um, AD, AD's at seven to one. He's fifth on this list, and uh, Dame Lillard. And no, I'm sorry, Dame Lillard is ten is uh, fifteen to one. Dame seems like probably the, if you're talking about a guy that could legitimately win it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good bet. That's the best bet. He yeah, seems. Fifth, I would have him in my top four players that can win MVP this season. Yeah, like they have like, Curry at three. I think that's terrible money. Yeah, yeah. Five, that's five to one. I'm not doing that. Trying to uh, steal from people in Vegas. Yeah. They're trying to steal, like, oh, let's get people that, that are like, oh, Steph Curry will win it. Yeah. Um, what I will say is, uh, before we get to, uh, what are we getting to? I guess Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year and Championship, yeah. Final. Um, Le- LeBron told a, a story on his podcast, uh, on the the Road Tripping podcast with Richard Jefferson mm-hmm. um, and Allie Clifton, talking about how uh, – when Luca, they, they asked him, "What do you think about Luka Doncic?" and he was like, "Oh, I love that kid. You know, he sees the game similar to me, and you know, he loves him as a player or whatever, both on and off the court. He loves what he represents." He said he loves he loves Doncic so much that when Doncic was a sneaker free agent last season, as LeBron put it, like when he was wearing when he's you know wearing Jordans before in warm ups, and he was wearing some of those other brands that I don't mention <laughs> those other, those other things, the other little brands. Um, he was like, LeBron, he said he went to his people at Nike and said, I want Luka to be the first Team LeBron guy. Mm. I want I want to start up a new line, and I want Luka to be my first guy. Mm. And, and he said that, and obviously on that show, they obviously, they're always, they're always sipping wine, and, they, you know, LeBron gives up more than he probably would in a normal sense. He was like, you know, honestly, my people at Nike, they weren't ready for that. They weren't ready, you know, they, they clearly they weren't ready for it. But that's what I wanted, and he's like, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, haunt me for the rest of my career, not, n- not being able to get that done. Now he's with Jordan, so he's still in the family, but it's gonna haunt me that he was supposed to be my first guy. Oh, it's funny when you, as soon as you said that LeBron was like, I want Luca to be a team LeBron guy. All I could think of is the Jordan meme. Well, and I took that personally. Jordan got word of what was going on, and he was like, "No, no, no, we up in the offer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're not letting that happen." So, look, I mean, honestly, I think Nike. It, it's all it's all under their umbrella anyway. I would have mm-hmm. probably we we're both sneakerheads and we like the stuff, but I would have positioned him with LeBron if I could have. Um, no, I think they made the right move. 
Tell LeBron, make right. tell LeBron to get out of here. Yeah, no, LeBron is too. <laughs> he's too current. And yeah, he's too big right now. Too big right now. Like Luca. I, like I'll be honest. I think Luca shouldn't. I think they should have really steered Luca to just being on Nike. But I think so too. I don't. But think that's yeah. I think Luca need should have been should have got try to get his own signature shoe away from the Jordan brand. But whatever they did, what they did. But if I had a choice, I would still put him under under the Jordan brand. I think that I don't know. I just think that Luca is too big a potential international star to put him under a guy that's already playing, that's still playing, and doesn't look like he's retiring anytime soon. Right. I it, might it, be, it, it, like if Luca was a little younger and maybe LeBron was a little older, I'd feel differently. I, I just I and if, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm Luca Doncic. I'm not wearing a sneaker of a guy who's in the NBA. Like, like that doesn't make sense. I mean, that's, that, if you're a second year player in the league at this time, at that point, I would. I mean, you're telling me oh, I get to be the first team LeBron guy. I mean, that's an enticing offer. Assuming like it's the same money. Oh, I think like, about it. Yeah, I think about it. I just, I don't. I just think it's, it's really, it's a really cool thing. Like, it, it could be really cool, but sometimes Jordan, you know, that was like, some, Jordan. But some, like sometimes though, like to be your own star, like you don't want to, like you know, be latched on to. Some guy. It's kind of like when it's. I know it's, it is apples and oranges. People who know hip hop and know sneakers will yell at me for saying this, but it's kind of like the adage of like you know sometimes a rapper you don't want to sign to another rapper, like like it, there are pluses for sure, but then it also comes with a lot of downsides. It being the attention, it being um, this build, this billing you have to live up to. This you know is this does this guy's business acumen actually makes sense in terms of like can does he know how to run a label like there are things that just now to be fair you know if nike would have launched a team lebron and lebron had a lot of input and things like that um lebron shown with his business acumen and everything that i mean everything he touches it's been turned to gold so in that sense you could say he probably would luca would have great representation you would think but it's still risky you know what i'm saying i i, I would rather Go with something a little more solid, and I, w- I would stay. With, I would stay with the Jordan brand. The Jordan brand so, is a weird thing to me. The Jordan brand is just like I want to wear Jordans. Like that's so my so easy. I have a trivia question. I had a question, but then I just looked it up. Who was the first official Jordan brand athlete? Real. So I'm getting conflicting. I'm getting conflicting numbers here. Conflicting answers here. Uh, Rayon could be that was one answer because uh, I guess in 97 he started wearing Jordans okay. um, but the more the answer that it seems like is more popular of being the first I don't I like I don't know if that was under like the Jordan brand necessarily yeah well, I who is kinda, it because I, I kind of remember when this was happening so the first real guy was Melo in 03 I would say it's Rayon I disagree with that when he came into the league that's that. That's what I. That that's what Melo will tell you. He's like, yeah, I'm the yeah, I'm the first guy. I don't believe that. Like, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not. It's not. Just, I mean, I, I love Melo. I really wanted Melo shoes. My parents never got them for me. <laughs> oh, uh, when he got the, the Melo Jordans. Um, I wouldn't say that. I would say it's Ray Allen. Like, Ray Allen only wore Jordans. Like he was doing commercials with Jordan brand. Like, maybe it, it wasn't as. Like it's yeah, just, so then the it's, it's, it's different now, but to me, I, 
I think anybody who follows the sneaker game stuff and follows this from back in the 90s through this era, I think that they would all say it's Ray Allen. Yeah, so, yeah, so, East, so, Melo talks about, uh, so, I don't think it was Jordan Brand at the time. I don't think it was a separate thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think that it was, they had a Jordan, Jordan Brand per se. Right. right. Yeah, you're right. So, because they had, they had a whole roster. They had brought in Ray Allen, Finley, Eddie yeah. Jones, Vin Baker, and I can't even tell who this fifth guy. Some guy from Cleveland? Was oh, Derek Anderson, I think. Yeah, I think it was Derek oh, Anderson. Anderson. Okay, that makes sense. Man, that was a... <laughs> this is what LeBron needs to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... So, That's so, but let, let's, let's... The first team LeBron is going to be uh, Ben Simmons. No, Tyrese but seriously, Max. though. Like, let's look at that, though. Yeah, so... Who else so is the, clutch? The Jordan, the Jordan brand model, though, you saw, like, you saw the kind of guy Jordan was signing. Like, because, like, to me, like, that was the first class to me. Like, that's what I yeah. remember, that like, as a kid being like, yo, wow, like, these guys, like, they're Nike, but, like, they are with Jordan. Like, Jordan is, like, co-signing these guys, kind of. It was weird. It was really cool. And Ray Allen was a big one because he was the movie star. And he was clearly the better player of all those guys that were involved in this. So that's right. why, again, to me, I think Ray Allen is the first Jordan Brand guy, even if there wasn't a Jordan Brand. Um, and I used quote air quotation when I said that. Um, but to me, like Ray Allen at that point in time, he might not have even made an all-star game yet. He was a rising star. He was a guy who looked like he was going to be an all-star. But, I mean, we didn't know he was going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, there's no way you could have said that when he signed to Jordan Brand that he was going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. He looked like he was going to be a star. He'd been the lead for all-star. Like- yeah, he might have been. Yeah, he might have been only his second year or second or third year. It was very early on in his career. He came in ninety six, but he had crossover appeal because again, he just was in a big Spike Lee movie. It, it was, but he was the right athlete. He was the right fit. But that, I mean, that's not Luka Doncic. No, Luka Doncic is again international superstar. Like just like you know, tomorrow probably. He's like we're just waiting for that pop. But I mean, the talent yeah. obviously. Which is there, why about the Nike crossover can take that risk on Luka Doncic. Right, exactly. You got to put that on. Like, and to that's me, why LeBron wanted to do it. Right, LeBron was it's, like, gr- yeah, it's a great bet for LeBron. Right. So my my question for you, EJ, before we move on, who do you think should or would will be the first team LeBron got? I don't know. I I don't know who, how whose sneaker contracts are up and who's where. Uh, Trey Young should be the first. Should have been the first guy. I think well, he, he just signed, signed, Adidas, he just right? signed Adidas. So he should have been the guy to me. That to me was clear. He should have been the guy. He's getting his own shoe now with Adidas, which I I, I don't right. know if that's and, right. Yeah, LeBron wasn't getting them that, but um, now really? young with the not, way not, not not immediately, not on year one. Yeah, like uh, I don't get I don't get the pressure that Nike's just giving away signature shoes like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You may know better than me. Uh, they're, yeah, their roster is kind of full right now. Right. They, so I so I I don't know if they're telling him day one who, you're getting these. You may get one, but I don't know about that. Who you who'd you say? Well, I said I say he may get one eventually, but I don't I don't know if they're giving Trey one young immediately. He would have been the guy in a in a perfect world. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I mean, I mean, I think, I think even someone like John Morant would be good. John Morant. Seems like a good bet as someone who's not big enough to wear like, like now to where you're you're like oh no I mean this guy needs his own he he needs his own line of stuff you know, yeah. um, but could be a superstar like John Morant I think has AI like upside. Yeah, it's just the problem is just the city. 
Yeah, I mean, you know me. I, I, you're I you're partial to Memphis, but I'm being honest. Yeah, right. the, city is, the city is the issue. But being, he's from the South. Being Right. Not a lot Memphis, of people in the South. <laughs> compared not to a lot of people cities. in the South. But could he move in Memphis similar to how Mike Vick moved in Atlanta? I mean, Atlanta not. and Memphis are just not in the same universe in terms of cities. It's just not the same. <sighs> It's not the same. I'm not. I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah, but, you know it's not. I know you love. You're never going to say anything bad about the city of Memphis. I get that, I, uh, but <laughs> it's not. No one else besides Kendall thinks that Memphis and Atlanta are in the same universe of anything. It's just. It's just a different. It's a different. I've I never been to Memphis. Right. I've been. I, I, I've been I, Atlanta. I, I have a. I have a take. That the John Moran should be should restart Penny's line of of sneakers, but that's a whole another. That's a whole another conversation, but. Um, I, I can would see that say, being cool. What you say? I can see that being cool. Yeah, that that would be cool. Especially if you want, if you do want to embrace that whole Memphis thing. Yeah, you can do cross cross promotion. He reps up. He, he reps the. Yeah, he reps uh, the Memphis Tigers too. The guy seems like it's gonna be Ben Simmons. That's my guess. If you couldn't get LeBron, I mean, if you couldn't get Luca, you probably just do Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is not very marketable. I don't think he's either. He's kind of boring. He is kind of boring. The personality he can't shoot, which wouldn't have been a problem 15 years ago, but now it's kind of it's kind of boring. And I think his, I mean his, uh, maybe we're just kind of being jaded, but I think his game's kind of boring. That's what I'm saying the way a guy that can't shoot nowadays isn't marketable. Yeah, if you, I mean unless you jump like Zion, like which he's a good yeah, athlete, it, but he's not like that. And as you know, Charles Barkley says, you know, you only got a certain amount of jumps in the NBA. And the athleticism will eventually start to deteriorate for where he is even that right now. So, yeah, I mean, to me, John Morant is like, he's the guy I think a lot of these sneaker companies are really going to start zeroing in on. It's just that city is going to be tough in terms of marketing. But ben if I was LeBron, that would be who, that's be who, that would be who I would target. But shout out to LeBron for being proactive because I would have never guessed he was even thinking about that. Yeah, I will say I don't think that he should got he, he shouldn't be signing anybody that was the caliber of Ray Allen when Ray Allen signed the Jordan brand because again Ray Allen was way more of a risk. Yeah, he may go with the mellow play. He may there may be a guy coming in like he may say Kate Cunningham like yo you're gonna be a LeBron guy, especially if yeah. the guy signed the clutch like. I that's yeah, that's probably way smarter than what Jan Jordan did. Yeah. Or at least the, the yeah the first iteration of the Jordan thing yeah and then you know if you want to say that it was like a yeah. rebrand where they were like oh now we're the first he, I think I'm guessing the language may have been that Melo was the first Jordan guy maybe to get his own shoe is that what, is that what we're talking about that makes more sense because Ray Allen That's never right. had a shoe that that makes and, more sense I would agree with that probably came in already with like a, yo you're getting a signature shoe like you know. Yeah, and he did. He did. I remember that. Like, that was in his contract. He mean, he yeah. wasn't wearing a signature shoe day one, but he was going to get one. Yeah, as I remember the Jumelo. Again, I wanted those sneakers. So, yeah. But no, like, Ray Allen never got a sneaker. No. Nah. So that's that's a – but uh, to me, that's that's like splitting hairs. I, you know, to me, right. Ray Allen is the first Jordan brand athlete. That's easy, To my, in my opinion. Okay, we got to run through these topics quickly. We're way over time here. Uh, so, Rookie of the Year. Real quickly. Rookie of the year, I'm going to go Denny Abdia. Um, I'm going to say LaMelo Ball. 
uh, we did MVP. So who's winning the championship this year? The title. Um, who's I think the championship. Who, who wins? You know, if we're talking a Vegas pick, I, I think the Mavericks have a chance. But um, even though I don't think Luke is going to win MVP, but I think it'll be man. This is tough. Yeah, it's why it don't, it's the last I don't want to until I see what happens with Harden. Nah, that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> uh, you gotta predict. Maybe Harden. You pick the team that Harden goes to. You say they're gonna win it all. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. Philly. Nah. Um. I'm gonna say that. Uh, let's go. Let's go. I really don't want to pick the Lakers. I really don't want to pick the Lakers. I mean, I know you're a Celtics fan. <laughs> you know what? Let's 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 go with it. Tatum's gonna gonna. We're, we're putting Banner eighteen up. Celtics over Lakers. Boston Celtics gonna beat the Lakers in the NBA final. How many games? Uh, I give him. I give him. I'm gonna say seven. Be a tough series. I'm gonna say the Lakers beat the Celtics in six games. Naturally, neither one of those teams are gonna make the finals, huh? It's perfectly fine by me as a Knicks fan. <laughs> 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 perfectly fine by me. The Lakers and Celtics make the playoffs. I'm very good with that. Um, I, I really, I really believe that regardless of what happens with Harden, the Lakers will be there. It's how I feel. I think even in the West, Denver is a. That's going to be if they get them. That's a serious problem. I still think the Lakers find a way. Year one. Next year, if he's there still, and, and or if he's even signed long term, he got full training camp and stuff. That's different. That's I don't think they do. They are doing three peat. But I think if he goes to Dallas, I think he goes. I think that they he they'll still come out still. And in the East, I think they'll beat whoever has Harden. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I think the I think the Lakers have made some really strong moves this offseason. And uh is there anybody equipped to manage his team through this very unorthodox situation and season and manage himself through it? It's LeBron James. I'm betting again with him over anybody else to figure this out. But I'm a, I'm actually gonna go uh another last bowl prediction though, and no, this is not finals related. But I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say that the, the, the team that gives the, 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 the Lakers the hardest matchup in the playoffs, I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm going to say it's still going to be the Warriors. Oh, oh okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, give me one more. This is another interesting, bold thing. Who's going to be the first coach? I hate to, I hate to say it, but who's going to be the first coach fired? This is a weird way to end, end, uh, end, end the NBA season preview. Uh, I think Lou Walton. I, I mean, I don't. I, I really think the Kings are going to be for a long year. Yeah, I think, I, I think that they hired an assistant coach knowing who he was going to be the guy. I think Alvin Gentry's going right. to be. He's going to be coaching them in you know February. So this tough guy. I like this guy, and I think he's been given a raw deal uh, okay. by the GM, but. I think Lloyd Pierce is going to be out of a job. 
I, I tell you what, I didn't mention Lloyd Pierce or him all season. And we didn't talk that much about the Hawks because I think neither of us are that high on them. Been tougher on him. I was brutal on him last year. I think he deserved it, but uh, yeah, I thought he did a, a poor job, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think that that season's going to be much higher than people think. Because again, we nobody actually watches the Hawks, so therefore, everybody's just like, oh, they're fun and cool. Oh, the and, Lloyd, and they got talent and all. Oh, Lloyd Pierce, and people were excited about him as an assistant, and it's like, did you watch them play last season? Because yeah, they were games was- where they were down by 20 in the first quarter. <laughs> like, and yes, I like the talent. I think Lloyd Pierce can be a very good coach. That whole team looked like they were in over in over their head for almost the entire season last year. They have those splash games against good teams where Trey goes crazy and they get on Sports Center in that A block and you think, oh, the Hawks they're figuring it out. It's like, did you watch the other games that whole week? Because I saw them getting blown out by the Knicks. Like I, I watched I because I watched Nick games. So I watched them play three, four times last season, and then I watched other games they played where they weren't competitive. You, you're a Celtics fan. You see them four times a year, three, four times yeah. a year. So people are running with the Hawks, man. I'm telling you, just don't be surprised. If the uh, other the other, the other guy that smooth. I look at is you know I would pay attention to that Terry Stott team in Portland. I would too. I actually think that that's a really he probably my second choice and I, I actually really like you like Pierce I really like Terry Stotts but yeah. I I think people are overrating the, the, the Blazers again yeah, Harry, thing- Giles, Harry Giles may be great and maybe I'm an idiot but I, the West is really hard and they were not good last year I don't know why people think they're this great team they were a bad team for most of the season well so bringing back Nurkic definitely brought another gear out of them in, in, in out of them um, so I, think yeah, the- I agree with that because he is Wilder, so much Wilder. better than what Whiteside was for them. That's Especially true. Like Whiteside, true. He didn't look, he, we saw it in the bubble. Like Whiteside didn't know how to make basic like rotation passes that Nurkic makes like in his sleep. So some of that stuff is it, it is a massive improvement. But I just um, think to me, is, uh, and while that's all fair, and I agree. That's why people like them. I don't even know if it's. I, but I think part of it why too. I think they got enamored by a short. A very short sample size where the the Blazers were like overcompensated with like depth because everybody got healthy guys that weren't supposed to play did play, and right. so like they, like that that wasn't real to me. Like they're gonna have to come up with a real rotation. Some guys are gonna have to probably get moved. Like I I don't I don't think that they're that good. I mean, there are some people who think that they're a top three or four team in the West. I don't see that. And again, this may look crazy in a couple of weeks. They may start killing everybody, but. I, I think the way Blazers are still a bottom three or four team for the playoff picture. I got to I got Melo looks good so far, but I got to ensure that Melo is can can put together another strong season. Uh, Lillard and Dame, Lillard and McCollum guys stay healthy. Neither of those are have been guaranteed recently. The big guys stay healthy. That's definitely not been guaranteed. Yeah, what's great is that. I, 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 you know, we'll see what Rocco is. A lot of people are really excited about that move. I don't know. At a certain point, we got to start asking, if a guy gets traded every year, is he really that good? <laughs> no, because, yeah. like, and I know I always harp right back on this, because, you know, my, my, my good buddy, Spike Eskin, I, I had a little beef, mini beef with him on Twitter over Rocco years ago. <laughs> and 
He's been on three teams okay. since then. He's been on Kendall. He's been on three teams since that argument. Like, at a certain point, well, that's a maybe glass he is what he is. Look. That's a glass half empty look at EJ. You could also say that if a guy he's if so three, he's so in demand. Want the guy? Yeah, okay. Then maybe he's maybe he's the most valuable. I know. All I know is all I know is three teams willing to say, "Nah, we good. Yeah, we'll take that pick or whatever trash you're giving us. Yeah, yeah, we'll take him. Yeah, you can have it." I don't. He got traded every year. Last three years, something ain't right. Like, and I'm not saying something's wrong, but just every team he's gone, every team he's gone to, I heard them say that this guy is going to be a difference maker, and then he's not there the next. <laughs> he's not there the next season. Yeah, <laughs> like every single team. Like, but I don't think we'll get this season is a John Beeline situation where a guy gets fired mid-season year one. That uh. That's yeah. That's a rarity. I don't think that'll happen either. I mean, that was that was that was bad. I but mean, to was, be fair, I don't think there's any situation that looks like it could go that wrong that fast. Like that looked like that could go wrong really fast. Yeah, we kind of knew going coming in. Wow. Like I don't, I, can, I don't, I, I don't eyeball a situation and say this could go wrong immediately. Like, like I don't, Wayne Casey could be in a tough spot in Detroit, but this is year not, one though. This is year yeah, two. He's not year one guy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Thibodeau could be in a tough spot, but he's boys with Leon Rose. Yeah, Thibodeau, I think that they could lose every game. He'll be back next year. I think he's tough one. They'll make sure he's safe. Um, So, Tiz, I'm trying to go through the teams now. Uh, I I mean, Billy Donovan, I I, I think that he's also kind of tough one. I think that he's there to kind of see through this rebuild. Yeah, if worst-case scenario, if things get that bad, they'll blow up the roster before they move him. I agree. Because they're telling these guys, all right, guys, you said that Boylan was the problem. Now play well. Yeah. And if they don't, I think that they'll agree. Those guys will be gone. Uh, Pacers, they're, again, kind of in a transition. I don't think they're going to fire the coach um, regardless of what happens. I also think they want to save face what happened with Nate. That was dirty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, looking, just look at these teams. Nuggets have still the same coach. Timberwolves, same coach. Uh, Thunder, they're not going to fire the coach. They're, they're going to lose every game. They know that. Yeah. Um, and they're very happy to. Yeah, yeah, and they're fine with that. They, they probably they, would prefer it that way. They wanted to do that <laughs> last year. They yeah, they're all good. They're all good. They're uh, the Clippers. Water. I say what? Uh, I mean, if, if things really look crazy for the Clippers, could they Coach fire Shilu? Coach Chauncey? They might. That that might that. That's the one. I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna happen. But that is to me the only scenario where this happens. That's the one where you could get a beeline. Where like the Clippers are so mired by this off-season scandal and they're not in the playoff picture by February and they're like, yo, man, like this didn't work. We have yeah, to we gotta make a move. We have to make a move right now. Or we're, stuck we're, with, we're stuck with PG. Yeah. And Kawhi's gonna leave. Like, yeah, Kawhi might leave. So Yeah, so we have to do something right now. Someone has to be fired. So, and man, I hate that Ty lose in that position. But And to be fair, I thought this was a good hire and I think that he'll do fine there. But that's he's the only guy. When you look at all these new coaches, yeah, and look at Sid Sands. They're not going to fire Stan. No, um, I thought about Stan. They, they, he's he's safe. Yeah, they're not firing the guy at the Rockets either. Yeah, yeah, Silas. Yeah, Steven Silas. Not they're not going to do that. So. Jeff Van Gundy was talking about Harden. He was like, he's like, I've known the Silas family for twenty years. When my first assistant job, Steven Silas was on the staff as well. I've known Steven Silas since he was in high school. He was a high school freshman. If you don't like Steven Stylus, you're the jerk. <laughs> like, gee, 
<laughs> you have a problem. Oh, look, you, you always rely on Jeff Van Gundy to uh, tell you that the, the coach of this team is the, the greatest man in the world. The greatest man and the greatest coach ever. Yeah. He's the next John Wooden. And nobody should question him or challenge them. Kendall <sighs> Sport. I love Jeff, though. I love Jeff. No, but no, I know that may have sounded salty. I really do like Jeff Van Gundy, but it is what it is with how he talks about coaches. We are. This is going to be the longest podcast ever. But yes, Kendall, we got to come. <laughs> we're yeah. we're at two we're at two forty. We're at two forty, man. Yeah. So, well, you know, you know what it is, EJ. I know this isn't great for uh, you know consumption, but it, <laughs> yeah, you know, these are the conversations we have off air anyway. So we'll just have a longer. Yeah, right, yeah right. exactly. We always say that that these off air conversations are better in some instances. You're getting a lot of that for this one. But uh, last thing, the college football playoff rankings came out. Uh, obviously, if you didn't see them, um, you know, the top four stayed the same, but pretty much a lot of stuff stayed the same. Regardless, despite the fact that uh, Florida lost in embarrassing fashion to LSU, that an LSU team of three and five has been awful and had pretty much everybody opt out or enter the NBA draft, enter the NFL draft early, they lost to them at home. Uh, and again, embarrassing fashion. Um, so they only dropped one spot, and we have a team like Iowa State that moved up into at, into the number six spot. Iowa State has a legitimate chance to be in the top four of the college football playoff at the end of the season, despite the fact that they've lost two games, one of them being to Louisiana Lafayette, um, who's ranked 19. So either that means that who's, under, who's only had one loss to Coastal, to Coastal Carolina. Who's ranked in the top fifteen? So <laughs> this doesn't make sense. No. So are you telling me that the Louisiana Lafayette win was incredible? So if that win was incredible, why are they only nineteen? Yeah, and they only lost to a team that's in the top fifty. Yeah, and, I, and I'm saying I, Louisiana Lafayette win. That was a loss. Yeah. So right. Louisiana Lafayette beat the number six team in the country, and their only loss is to a top fifteen team, and they're only nineteen. Uh, Iowa State lost to that Louisiana team, and they're 13 spots ahead of them. Coastal Carolina just beat a top 15 team in BYU, and they're only ranked 14 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Indiana, on the other hand, who I would argue hasn't really beaten many great teams. They also haven't lost to anybody. I don't think Iowa State's beat any great team. They also haven't lost to anybody bad. Their only loss is by one touchdown to Ohio State. On the road. So, which I believe was on the road. So, yes, it was. Yeah, on the road. So none of this, this all stinks. And we didn't even mention Cincinnati, who's undefeated, hasn't lost all season, yeah. has been fairly dominant. Um, and they haven't played the last couple of weeks because of COVID issues. And they are still, they, and they've dropped. They've dropped uh, to number nine. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much eliminating them from the conversation. So it's an embarrassment. You know, Mike Oresco, Commissioner of the, of the American Athletic Conference, you know, we've met him, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and we've seen him at least, been in the same building. And, you know, look, I mean, he was on Paul Feinbaum. He's on Paul Feinbaum's show and on the SEC Network, and he said that we got to go back to the BCS system because this stuff is this playoff <laughs> stuff is, is a joke. We need the computers because <laughs> schools like us have zero chance or conferences like us have zero chance to get school in. Yo, I've seen a couple of people talk about, yo, man, this is this. We need to just go back. To, he's not the only guy saying that. I don't know what we got. What we got to do is expand and use computers. If that's what we got to do, because there's the fixes in. I'm, I'm, I haven't said it yeah. ever. I, in terms of, 
I always thought, look, if a team scheduled good enough, they can make it. And maybe that's still the case. But let's be honest, the fix is in. But none of this, none of the stuff that they've said has made any sense. They talked about Iowa State. They said, well, yeah, Iowa State, they've got, you know, they got a, you know, win against Louisiana and, you know, in recent weeks, I mean, or they lost to Louisiana. I keep saying they won. They yeah, lost, they that, lost game. that game. Yeah. <laughs> I keep pretending like that's their best win. They lost. They got blown out. <laughs> but yeah. week one, they're like, oh, so I don't want to take, they, the guy was like, I don't want to take too much out of what happened in week one. You know, I'm like, all right, whatever. All right, but they lost to Oklahoma State in week five. <laughs> yeah, they lost to Oklahoma State. And then they, he was like, yeah, but their best wins are, you know, they beat a very good Texas team, who's like 20, uh, <laughs> lower than the team they got blown out by. And they and they, and they they lost to, uh, and they beat, uh, who did they beat, Oklahoma? Oklahoma? Yeah. yeah. And that was in week three. Yeah, 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 exactly. We, so we you don't care win. about you don't care about week one loss, but you care about week three win. <laughs> yeah, and when yeah, they had a week, when they had a week five loss. Yeah, yeah, none of this makes any sense. And then the other reason he was like, well, yeah, and their running back is, is like leading the nation in rushing. I'm oh, like, okay, well, with anything, with they're playing fancy football in the college football playoff. <laughs> An individual player stat has anything to do with who has the best team. <laughs> I mean, that's that may have been the worst committee college sports committee answer I've ever heard. Explanation I've ever heard, and we've had some some bad committee chairs. Oh yeah, for basketball on Selection Sunday. Yeah, I know. We see the Gene Smith specials, man. <laughs> Gene Smith, yeah, he's a bad one, obviously. But you know, we've seen some athletes say some crazy stuff. But for this guy from Iowa, let alone talking great about Iowa State, saying yeah, their running back's really good. You had BYU. You didn't even put them in the top ten for all these weeks, even though they had the best quarterback in the country. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, we got to change the system. Honestly, where I'm at is that I don't think, regardless of what happens this week, this weekend in in conference in the in these championship games, I don't think the top four is going to change. Like, I think the four teams that are in it now are going to make it, unless there is a massive blowout that we don't expect. But if these games are relatively close. Clemson. I mean, State. if Ohio State loses, I don't think they're going to be in. Ohio State's the team, and I think we expect Ohio State to win. But yeah, if they lose, then yeah, then now Florida and A and M have a conversation. Florida having a conversation is is insane to me. It's Florida not, should not be in the conversation. They shouldn't be. I don't they, think they, even if they, I don't think even if they win, that's my opinion. It's not going to happen. But I don't you I don't care if you be out. You had two losses, dog. Like yeah, you, yeah, you're done. I'm not talking about you to a really bad team. Yeah, and you lost a terrible team. And they're I mean, saying, oh, we keep well, talking about like, not... like to me, like to me, them losing, dropping link, like uh, it's LSU. You only giving them that by name. Has, again, did you watch LSU play this year? They lost by almost forty points to Auburn. Yeah, yeah, but they're they, they're out there with their third string quarterback. No, nah, Florida. It's it's a joke that they're that like and look. I mean, my you know Miami deserved to get plummeted in the, in the rankings based on that terrible performance against North Carolina. I'm not mad at them dropping eight spots. I don't understand how Miami loses to – it gets blown out, but by – to a very good team and falls yeah. eight spots, a team that was ranked not that far behind them, eight spots. And then Florida loses a team that's nowhere near the college football ranking. That's terrible. Yeah, not bowl eligible. Not bowl eligible. And – Not and not because, once, not because Coach O said no, bowl ban. Yeah, they yeah. actually aren't going to make a bowl, period. <laughs> and it's because they only dropped one spot. How does that make any sense? Make any sense? That doesn't make any sense at all. Miami lost to a great team 
And and yes, they 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 got pummeled, so therefore they fell. But Florida lost a terrible team, and mm-hmm. they they almost were unchanged. And in fact, they can play their way in because they still have a chance at beating Alabama. But EJ, we're overlooking. I mean, Florida has you know the best tight end in the country. <laughs> so I mean, they they have to give they have to be a, a championship contender. Yo, man, this thing this thing is trash. And I, again, I really feel really bad for Cincinnati. I still don't know why the hell Georgia is even near the top. I don't even know what's going on with that. I'm still I would say to Georgia even... looks good in weeks since JT Daniels has been out there playing quarterback. But I mean, you you I mean, when he wasn't playing those first couple weeks, you forfeit your chance. It's over. And yeah. Uh, Florida, some people are saying, look, they didn't have Kyle Pitts in that game against LSU. The word around that team was that they were resting Kyle Pitts for the SEC championship. Game. Right, exactly. Because they, they knew we we're going to need him against Alabama. He's been kind of dinged up this year. So we're going to rest him against LSU at home, and we're going to win this game. If you didn't take that game seriously, which clearly they didn't, then that's you deserve to lose a Yeah, that's on, you. that's on you, fam. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to give you a break because you took this game off. He wasn't suspended. Right. He didn't. He didn't have a major injury. He had a knickknack injury, and they didn't want to give him enough. He didn't give him any snaps. That that's that's coaching. That's not that's not uh, unforeseen events. So, yeah. I mean, this committee is a joke. Whatever we get next week, I mean, we'll probably get what we expect. And yeah. What we I, and to be honest, I'm almost hoping for just you know Notre Dame and Clemson play another classic. Alabama and Ohio State take care of business. And yeah, we don't, don't have to worry about We don't have to think about the, the clownery that happens outside the top four. Yeah. But what we have right now is absurd. And, you know, a and is like the only thing that, you know, everybody's cool with. Everything else is crazy. And if somehow some teams lose and we start talking about who gets in or who may not ever get in, like, that's going to be really yeah. messy. Yeah. I don't even want, I don't even want to come to that. I don't want to come to that conversation of, you know, why has Cincinnati, who's undefeated, put in, be not being put in over Ohio State, who has one loss, or Clemson, who has two? Like, I don't want to have a very good have that conversation by fifty points tomorrow or on Saturday, and still not make it. Yeah, Clemson with two losses may get in ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's just that's just not right to me. I'm sorry, that's, that's not right. I, and do I think that Clemson is better than Cincinnati? One million percent. Yeah, one million but that's, percent. That's like you have to. Play. You have to show it on the field. You have to. Yeah, it's not the essence of competition. We're now in a playoff format that allows for you to put teams. Right. You're team. supposed to play yourself into the playoffs, and like these games you're playing are the games for you to qualify. Yeah. So if you're telling me that these games that Clemson is playing don't matter, then why are we doing this? Right. That these and that's games what that games that Ohio State doesn't literally didn't play don't matter. Then why are we doing this? The argument everyone has about why we can't expand is well, because if you expand, then that means the regular season won't matter. Well, it doesn't it matter now because Clemson might lose two games and still make it. Florida might lose two games and still make it. And again, we're talking about these teams making it with other teams that are undefeated, other teams with one loss. That's why it's ridiculous because it's like yeah. it'd be different if okay, but like you know, you know, there are teams. There's no undefeated teams. There are teams with. You know, there's no other teams with two losses that are in consideration. No, yes, there are. <laughs> you're, you're considering teams with two losses, and there's teams that are undefeated or with one loss. Like this is absurd. This is this is really bad. And I mean, Iowa State at six is it's so it's such an egregious. I'm not saying it's been a great year of college football because it hasn't mm-hmm. been. There are there are four teams that are clearly better than the rest. 
maybe five or six, but there aren't many. But Iowa State, I can guarantee you, is not one of the ten best teams in college. Well, that that just that's his Big Twelve spin. That's just Big Twelve spin. And that's what that's what I don't get is that he the the committee chair was talking as if the Big Twelve was a great conference. The Big Twelve stinks. Yeah, it's not a good stinks. Conference. Texas is ranked twenty because they've beaten a lot of bad Big Twelve teams. Oklahoma was has able to re is able to you know get back on course this season, get back on track because Big Twelve stinks. That's what this is telling me. This doesn't tell me that any of these teams are any good. Because when I saw Iowa State play their one non-conference game this season, the one that should have, in theory, been the easiest, they looked awful. Yeah, they got killed. So what is it? Is Louisiana good, or is, does Iowa State stink? Because right now, whatever you're telling me doesn't add up. Yeah, Louisiana. <laughs> I don't know how you beat a top six team. You know, lost it to a top fifteen team. You only Nineteen. North Carolina. You play them I don't, this. Week. I don't get it. And neither one of those teams had even a sniff to get into the playoffs. <laughs> they, they play each other this week. That should be a prime time matchup between yeah. two borderline top ten teams. And neither one of them has a chance. They're not even. The, they're not even in the top ten. Neither one of them. <laughs> Yeah, this is is a clown show. I mean, this is is a clown show. Um, The system is broken. They need to go to eight teams. Eight teams. uh, And and, 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 and to me, non-conference teams that are undefeated should have automatic bids, and then that should be it. And this is the stuff where I'm like, do I even want them to go to eight teams? Because if they go to eight teams, these teams still ain't getting in. Cincinnati's still not getting in. Well, yeah, I'm saying, I think think once they go, once we have the conversation with eight teams, I think that that's when the conversation expands to, all right, these are the things you got to fix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to me, like I said, to me, I think any non-conference team, any any non-popular team that the highest-ranking popular team that has no losses, definitely should. I look, I'd, I'd argue, I'd argue, I'd argue. Just it doesn't matter if you have any, don't have any losses. You should still want to yeah, get that. Yeah, non-popular five team should be in. Right. That should yeah, be a lot. And, and I think that I'm fine with that. If they want to do that. They face the number one team in the country in in the first game of the season, unless they're better than that. But assuming it's the same nonsense, they'll be ranked eight and. They'll probably get blown out, but maybe yeah, they don't. yeah. You're, you're, you got Clemson. All right, you say you're so good, or you got Alabama. Go 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 out there. Run into uh, run into a supposedly great Oklahoma team and beat them. Right, you know, exactly. team those teams those teams get upset. So yeah, and it's not impossible, but to, right now this is systematic oppression of the non-power five, and it's yeah, it's messed it, up. It's not cool. Because these kids are going to these, these schools. These schools are telling them, "We look, we have a chance to compete for national championship here. And they don't. And it's not based off anything that they haven't done. The kids have put in the work. The, the, the coaching staff have put in the work to make these teams good enough. And they're not letting them, and they're not, they don't even give them a sniff. I mean, it's, it's, it's pathetic. And college football should be embarrassed. There you go. Hope you guys enjoyed. This is a, a super sized. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I are you gonna split this into two? I mean, what do we do? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I can really. So, so I don't know. We'll see what I do. But anyway, uh, how you are consuming this, whether it be a part one or part two or all in one swoop? I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I had a lot of fun recording. Yeah, a lot of fun chatting with Kendall. Um, yeah, this is definitely our longest podcast ever. But of course, you can catch all of our shows. On New Generation Podcast Network, we can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and Facebook, New Generation Media. 
Uh, I'm on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Instagram, Action EJ. Kendall's on uh, Twitter, NewGenKen. Thank you guys so much for listening in to this NBA preview. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.